And you can tell Rolling Stone magazine that my last words were... I'm on drugs! I got it, 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 this is better. Last words, I dig music. I'm on drugs! And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name is Ian. And I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. And we have reached episode 50. 50. 50. 50 five hey. zero. I was going to say 51 then. No. <laughs> you make it sound less important when you go, oh, it's one more than that. No, we are uh, 50. 50. 50 five zero. Many things don't make it to 50. Yeah. Many rock stars don't make it to 50. That's very true. There is my link to today's episode. Mm. All around the world. <laughs> Speaking of all around the world, here we go. So, chart time, chart time. Um, we have charted this week, I'm going to make this very quick, in the United States of America. Yay. We were top 100 in Canada. Canada. Top 50 here in the UK. Cool beans. Uh, we recharted in Germany. Yeah, boy. And then we got some nice, nice numbers here. 21st in Australia. Good night. 18th nice. in Japan. Oh, nice. Cool. 19th in Switzerland. Oh, the Swiss. Mm-hmm. Fifth in Sweden. Woo! Wow. And new market for us. Not new markets, <laughs> but yeah, new, yeah. a new market for us. <laughs> Shout out to new market again. Fifth in India. Wow. Yeah. Oh, very Ooh. cool. Thank you, India. So thank, as well. Thank you, India. So, yeah, yeah that's all right. Hi. What would, I'm learning is we should go on our own world tour. We should. Yeah. We should. Yes. No, no more planes. <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh here we go so that's basically uh how that we are in the world and one more thing we're talking about flying let's talk about pilots because yes. we released the first of our pilot show episodes this past friday on friends it's doing very well and a lot of good feedback a lot a lot of good feedback okay. whenever you try something new it's always remember the first time we did a round table i was like oh no maybe people won't like it and then see it or skip i'm like oh no maybe people won't like it but it seems that people seem to be all right with it good. so uh, really quickly around the table if you had to be a friend which friend would you be I'll start with you, Liam. Rachel. Rachel? Okay. Uh, Ellie? I'm definitely a Monica. You're a Mo- yeah, that's probably accurate. Um, yeah. Georgia? Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I would... I don't know. Okay. And then... And then yeah, I love what you said really, really quickly, and two people go before you. You wait till I get to George, and you go, oh, I should start thinking about Can this. I guess who you'd be. No, no, no. I was thinking... I don't oh, have okay. one. Okay, I, that's fine. I don't think I am like any of them, really. Yeah, go ahead. I'd say you are a mixture of Chandler yeah. and Ross. Yeah, I'm definitely a mixture of Chandler and Ross. I'm definitely not Joey. Yeah. There's no way I'm a Joey. But I'm a mixture of Ch- I think when I was younger, I really wanted to be Chandler. As I age, I realize I'm turning more into Ross, but I'm not losing all my Chandler-ness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So such is. And lots of people were getting in contact with us saying what friend they'd be. That's a fun conversation. I think every, guys, yeah. Everybody except for Georgia can pretty much identify <laughs> with one of the six friends as being like them. I mean, I'd love to have a little bit of Phoebe and Rachel as well, but I'm, de- I'm just a bit, yeah, I'm a Monica. What would Georgia be? <laughs> Georgia would I think Georgia's Mike. I think a bit of a Phoebe. I think Georgia's Mike. I think I'm Mike. I think I you're think Mike. I'm Mike. I do. <laughs> I think I'm 
like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you are. Not maybe one of the typical six, but I think I think it's the closest I can get Crap to. Crap bag himself. Yeah. Crap bag. <laughs> Husband of Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. Uh, yes, the one. That's the one. So, uh, we had a cool thing um, today, though. Well, before that, just really quickly, people have been chiming in with all sorts of other shows that we should do. Um, 24, Cheers, West Wing, Frasier, MASH, Red Dwarf, Men Behaving Badly. Oh, okay, some yeah. of those were Debbie, and some of those, Debbie, i got to say, are very British. They are, yeah. And when 52% of our listenership is American and something like... 70% is outside of the UK. Absolutely. I don't know how Red Dwarf does. <laughs> I think it's very British. But nonetheless, and we are following up because it was such a, not such a success, but because of the timing, we have recorded one on WandaVision, which is coming out on Friday. Mm-hmm. So you can yeah. catch that here. And there's a nice announcement about that for our sister podcast, Talking the Mickey. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Ooh. The future's now. <laughs> Or this is your future. Your this, is your future. <laughs> this is your future. This is your future. We had a cool experience. Everybody but Liam had a cool experience. Liam had to work. I don't right. know if that was cool. Mm. But we got to go on the Let's Talk About This podcast. Wee. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. It was lots of fun. I really enjoyed that. Is this um, the Australian show? Yeah, it is. Oh, with Kurt and cool. And they asked us a lot of cool questions about movies and whatnot. And some I, I purposely didn't prepare. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opposite of what I do for this. I went oh, on and yeah. just went, just ask me anything. I'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wing it. And we, and, and we, we had a lot of fun. And uh, we talked about all manner of things, uh, including, we got a little conversation. They can go to pubs in, in Australia. Really? Yeah. Oh. So they're going to send us lots of pictures of them in pubs. I'm like, I don't know if that's, uh, if that's you guys helping us or if you're just rubbing it in. I haven't been to a pub <laughs> since March, February, March last year. Really? Mm. Oh, I went to some during the couple of weeks Did we were you? able to. Oh, yeah, yeah. When we were able to. Oh. Even, you know, eat a substantial meal, which here at the Weatherspoons meant, you know, well, they had to, have they some had, mozzarella sticks. You, you can have, have like four beers. You could an app and say that you were there and stuff. And you, could do it, you, you, you could fill out a slip. Oh, could you? You could fill out a slip, yeah. Oh, the there there is a Liam friendly way to do this. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Because my phone's too old. It won't do the app. Yeah, my, my so, phone's too yeah. old, yeah. So I was all right. Uh, um, more things to talk about. Um, oh, mm-hmm. let's talk about this, though. Said they just recorded an episode with three quarters of the BFE crew. Such a pleasure to have them on the show. And you should all get excited to hear the episode out next week. And that'll drop for them on Sunday. Nice. We will definitely retweet out their link once they provide that up there. But let's talk about this podcast. A good listen anyway. They use a different random topic every week. And this week it was movies. And therefore, uh, we're very flattered that we were their sort of movie experts they chose to sort of bring on the show that's very nice even though i wasn't involved yeah <laughs> uh some reflections and corrections because we've done really well uh catch me if you can has done very well it's yeah. our best first day download total to date it's on pace to be our best first week download total to mm, date catch that if you and can catch that if you can and a big shout out to alex from mainstream <laughs> finance for joining us on that episode uh he sent us a tweet that said after spending months of listening to them i'm happy to say i just spent several hours recording with them i had an absolute blast breaking down a movie with them and be sure to check them out and he sent a picture of the cornetto trilogy framed oh. which is nice because we, we made reference <laughs> we did, to it and he did, wanted yeah. to make sure we did, that we yeah, know what yeah. he heard it uh debbie said love to catch me if you can big shout out to alex from main street finance real good job gotta have him back again and we will yeah, and we will there's we will. lots of people who we want to have on the show absolutely but we also want to have shows like today we do where it's just us and that's four people still yeah, that's still a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Uh, Lestat claims that we broke our record because it's a phenomenal movie. I, I, I would yeah, agree. It was a very good movie. Same, yeah. agree, yeah. uh, he says it's arguably Leo's second best. I forget where we put it. We had it high. We, we did have it high. I think we had it top three top or four. Three, yeah, it was it was up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Carlo said, another great episode. Like the film, it was a lot of fun. Happy about his holler. He did like his little shout out. Oh, that would nice. be Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, a massive props to Alex. 
Alex. And this just segues nicely. Let's just continue with the shout out, shall we? Let's do it. There's a podcast called It Goes Down in the PM, and God bless them. Every time they tell someone to listen to their podcast, they tell them to also listen to our podcast. Oh. Yeah, so I get, yeah, I've given, nice. a, I've yeah, given a couple episodes, you. a couple of listens. Uh, very, very fun. It's two. It's generally two women, I think. Uh, well, a couple of episodes I listened to, it was one woman mainly hosting and then other sort of like little individual experts for yeah, yeah. each thing. So I listened to one about sexual pleasure. Mm. I was like, oh. Oh my! Oh my! It was it was it was ooh. Mm. Oh, I don't smoke, but uh, <laughs> I was going oh. <laughs> I, it was it was more about someone who's a sex therapist who came oh, on okay. and talked about about some some things and destigmatizing oh, okay. sort of a topic of sex. So it was yeah, a really interesting yeah, listen. Cool. I thought this was one of the more, more recent ones. I thought I'd give that a listen because the, the news was almost like seventeen minutes or something. So that I'll go to a big one. One of the yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was it was good. And thank you so much, guys, for continuing to recommend us to everybody. It's yeah, amazing. Thank you. A uh, new listener, Lindy Ann, uh, who hey, listened Lindy. to one episode and then subscribed right away. So oh, God bless Lindy thank Ann. You. That'd be nice to know which one she downloaded. Uh, she told me. I don't remember. Oh. It might have been Spider-Verse. I could be wrong. Oh, okay. Uh, Dwayne Smith, who said, why would you not subscribe to Best Film Ever? Dwayne Smith! That's right. <laughs> have you guys made up yet, Georgia, or are you still in counseling? <laughs> Hi, Dwayne. Oh, you know what? It's slow. Baby steady, steps. Baby, baby steps. steps. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe next week. He we hasn't been able see. to listen yeah. to the walkies yet. No, the walkies <laughs> aren't out yet. No, no, no. Uh, by the time this comes out, he will have. Because yeah, yeah. we'll be, we'll be there ahead. Uh, Paul and Griff, who want to tell Georgia, Forrest Gump is an amazing film. Also, they want to tell us they can't wait for Almost Famous. Yeah. Shout out to Ethan, who littered my Twitter feed with pictures of his Lego Death Star. <laughs> uh, another shout out. He to, completed that super quickly. Yes. Yeah, he did, another shout out to Carlo. Uh, we've done the we've done the low low low. Um, who we talked about the, the Star Wars trilogy and the complaints of a new trilogy not being a cohesive story. Mm-hmm. And I kind of came back. He wasn't arguing this one side. We sort of in a bigger conversation. But is the original Star Wars trilogy a cohesive story? Not really. It's a middle story, isn't it? Well, it's, the, the original trilogy is just kind of. Like, okay, all that freaky-deaky sexual chemistry between Luke and Leia? I'm like, yeah, explain yeah. that. Yeah, And we'll talk about it more because Ellie hasn't seen, you know, Empire or Jedi. Empire's still the best. But when we get there, we'll talk about, like, there's clearly no way in, no, in no, episode no, no, two no. they knew what was, sorry, in episode five, they, like, it doesn't, there's huge changes in the story direction. Big time. So I'm not saying that, that excuses the faults of a new one because no, they still no, made no, something no. really good out of it. But don't oh, yeah. tell me it was a cohesive story because it wasn't. <laughs> they make it up so good. And, and Carlo was not op- arguing against me. We were just part of a bigger conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Posty Russell Osborne, official hey, Posty the BFE, listened to it on um, listened to the podcast this morning. As usual, we were his ears. Accompanied him on his postal round. Hey, we have a soundtrack of his workday. God like bless to you. Just as you do. Hey, that's well done, you. Uh, the action that was impressive. Thank the you. action B-rated podcast shouted this out on their most recent episode. It was one Jean Claude Van Damme. You yeah. dig that? Oh, I like. It was a whole retrospective yeah, yeah. of his career. Oh, cool! Really, really dig that. And he's been a fan since like day one. He's uh, he's uh, rebranded his podcast. I, I've always been a fan. But I think he's something like he's to include us in his show notes as a recommendation from oh, here on cool. out, which I thought was really kind. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a gentleman called Dan. I think it's Michelle's. I could be wrong on the pronunciation. Just stumbled across your show with the episode on seven. Very entertaining. But I have mm. to ask, how often has your voice been compared to Seth MacFarlane? <laughs> like he's talking about me and not Georgia. Um, it feels like Brian's movie <laughs> review show, and I'm here for it. I have gotten the Seth MacFarlane thing before. Yeah. I think it's more when it goes into a microphone than when it goes in real life. Yeah. Um, but I have heard that before. Because your microphone voice changes slightly. The timbre of my voice gets yeah. a little bit deeper than it usually is. Yeah. I think in conversation, I'm a little more variance. And, and, and He's a lot like more three octaves higher. A lot more up here yeah, in yeah. general <laughs> conversation. But when I do this, I'm not faking anything, but I am no. doing the whole projection thing. Yeah. So uh, other Liam, 
Hey. We like Other Liam. We do. Just said, I vouch for BFE. And we vouch for yeah. you, Other Liam. Thanks, buddy. See, Liam's uh, are good. Spyhards, out of nowhere today, just threw up one of our links. We love Spyhards. And said, best film ever had a terrific podcast on their hands. Great conversation between the hosts. They really make you f- feel part of the group. Check them out. And it was a response to, nice. what's one podcast that everybody needs to know about? And it wasn't, we weren't part of a list. It was, here's this one. Wow. So really, thanks thanks very much, guys. Thank we you, yeah. We were you do. And we're trying to get together with something on, bo- on, on both shows over the course of this year. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah, definitely yeah. want to get out and be sort of mingling in the greater community a little bit more. We do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not doing spy. Not on, <laughs> not on this show. I'll tell you that much. Um, Apple Podcast. We, we had a couple, Spies in disguise. We got a couple of no. We no 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of new Apple Podcast ratings. Oh, the kind I like. Go. The one with the five stars. Five stars uh, from Brit Nene. I enjoy the podcast. I like hearing different perspectives on films, and this gave me that, which is what we try to do. Yeah, yeah we do. And then from Some Call Me Tim is taken. That's got to be a Monty Python reference. There are those who call me Tim. Yeah. It's got to be that. That sounds like it. This is exactly the way I talk about movies with my friends. I kept finding myself interrupting or nodding vigorously during the pod. Good, good stuff. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. That's what we're after, though, isn't it? So I think with this level of notoriety we're getting, mm. I think... We're almost famous. <laughs> <laughs> nice little segue there. Thank you very much. Before we do, just one quick, I'm going to make an announcement. You guys don't even know this. Oh. Well, at least oh. I'm going to put this right here in the mic. You've been tipped off at some point, but I'm making a public declaration of this right now. Okay. You have seven days to come up with your nomination for our Valentine's Day episode. Oh. We will record it on Valentine's Day. It'll be out on the 16th. Mm-hmm. But uh, you have, we're going to reveal the four choices for the audience to vote on, much like we do with Halloween. Oh, yeah, yeah, So I know what mine is, and unlike last time, I'm going to choose a backup. Oh, okay. Just in case, you, just in case Liam takes mine right off the off. I'm going to take it right off the off. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll just rig the deck and make sure I, uh, I'll deliver my, my choice first. I don't know what we'll do there. But no, I got, I got quite a few. So uh, the rules are just any rom-com or any romance movie. Cool. That yeah. ideally, okay, cool. if it can meet the criteria, great. If it doesn't, that's that, that's okay in the sense it's a, it's a special event. Oh, okay. Okay, and the fact the audience will vote. So if they so choose oh, to go okay. with one of these, okay. But don't get creative. I don't want to redo the crow. Okay, <laughs> we're not doing that. On, um, it's one of my favorite. It's the greatest love story of all time. <laughs> it is. Oh, jeez. It is. Um, and so outside of that, back to almost famous. So um, who's seen it? I've seen it. Liam, you've seen, seen it, it, right? Yep, yep, yep. The girls, you have not seen it. No. And just so everybody's aware out there, we are reviewing the director's cut, the version on the DVD, mainly because it's the first version I saw. Same. I did not see it in theaters. No, I didn't. No. I wish I had it done, though. It's 40 minutes less. Mm. Like, how much are you cutting out if you get rid of 40 minutes? I'm curious to watch it, but not that curious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Almost curious. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. and so, uh, why why are we doing it? It's the 20 year anniversary this week of Almost Famous coming up in the UK. Oh my god! Yeah, so I, f- I feel old. Well, it's a bit timeless though, isn't it? Because of the is, setting, yeah. it's like it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't show its so its age. Not as far as its production time. Definitely some things about the uh, time that it was filmed in we can talk about. Yep. 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 Um, but so just everyone knows we're watching the extended version. Liam, I haven't seen this in at least 15 years. I would imagine. Mm, I'm, I'm gonna say about 10 12 i would imagine i saw it twice or three times in the first two three years and yeah, that was it i've seen it twice yeah. before this so context corner there's a fair bit so stick with me here uh this is almost famous directed by cameron crow cinematography by john toll and music by nancy wilson the music was phenomenal that's nancy wilson of heart i believe yes 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 who at the time Ooh. who at the time was married to cameron crow 
I didn't know that. Or at least they were married before yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, there, there, yeah. there was a marriage between them, is oh, what I'm trying to get at. So, Almost Famous it tells the story of a teenage journalist writing for Rolling Stone in the early 1970s with a touring, fictitious rock band Stillwater and the attempts to get his story published. Yeah. And the film is director Cameron Crowe's semi-autobiographical account of his own life as a young Rolling Stone reporter. Did you, did you, know, did you know that, Liam? No. Yeah, so it's basically like a fair chunk of this is actual stories of his experience. Okay, so did he actually follow a band then? Uh, he was with some bands. Uh, I, I, think, I, I don't think he stuck just to one. I, I, no, I think this, this, is, this is an amalgamation of stories from yeah, various yeah. bands. Oh, and okay. going, and then, oh. that, that would be too hard and confusing. We wouldn't care about any of them. So I think they created one fictitious band oh, and linked him oh, to them. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the actual group, I say now almost completely contradicting myself, was the Allman Brothers Band. Do you know what? I was going to say that. There was a few you know Allman what? Brothers references in the film. There was posters yeah. and references. And there was like, oh, this is this, or yeah, you know it's yeah, good yeah. stuff, it's the Allman Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I picked up on that. Uh, Greg Allman kept, uh, distrusted him and kept asking if he was a narc. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> According to Cameron Crowe, he sent the script around town to see if he could get anybody to respond to it. And Steven Spielberg, who we talked about last week for the first time, yeah. uh, founder of DreamWorks, read the 172-page script over the weekend and called Crowe uh, on Monday saying, direct every word wow it's so like don't cut any of it and so crow said he filmed almost everything he had written down <laughs> nothing that got really cut after well, the first draft yeah yeah uh crow crow then told uh, a publication called film comment that while honeymooning in 1986 with his then wife nancy wilson of the band heart they holed up in a cabin in oregon and created a fake band and wrote songs figuring that someday they might do a movie where they would use that sort of stuff he said almost 15 years later the film gets made not That's, that he was, he just yeah, had an yeah, idea yeah. for, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's really interesting. It's crazy. Uh, most films have budgets for licensed music of about one and a half million. This film features over 50 songs and a music budget of over three and a half million. I'm going to say there's, there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So, so Crow took a copy of the film to London for a special screening with Led Zeppelin members, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. And after this, I guess it went well. Uh, they gave Crow the right to use one of their songs on the official soundtrack that you sell. And, and they, then a bunch of them in the film as well. They don't usually do that. They don't usually do no, that. They they won't. Uh, it was the first time they'd consented to give anybody rights to their music since say, yeah. giving uh, Crow himself earlier. He was the last guy to get the rights. And he got Cashmere for Fast Times at Ridgemont High, oh. which is like, what, 1984? Yeah, so it's been it? like 17, 18 years yeah, since yeah, they gave yeah. anybody. And it's the same guy. It's Crow again. The only one they wouldn't give him rights to, but he wanted to, was Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. And uh, if you go on the bootleg edition DVD, which is an official thing, if it was called bootleg, there is an extra scene introduces an extra without the song. And it says on the screen, start Stairway to Heaven here. Uh, And you can listen to it. So I I really want to watch that, but I didn't get a chance to do it yet. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, just, you know. Yeah. almost three hours long so you know, <laughs> watched it and then i got a podcast to do don't i uh and one, one last maybe thing before we jump into the film uh critics it's uh, uh, there's some complaints from critics that there wasn't enough sex and drugs in this film considering it's a band how believable was this uh, for for a band it was pretty tame they felt yeah yeah I like there was quite a lot of sex in this film um not really you're not you're not walking in and seeing like a debaucherous no. like uh, for instance liam you were watching what was this film the other day i was watching the film the dirt which is on motley crew 
Yeah, and if you fucking everywhere, and I think if you've seen that, <laughs> and then you watch Almost Famous, Almost Famous looks like a bunch of choir boys. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In comparison, I mean, there was heroin, there was drugs. I was women, editing the podcast. I looked up and I, what is this? It's a good movie. I, it, it's very highly rated on IMDb. Oh, on IMDb, good, it's, it, it doesn't qualify. There's oh, no, there's no way we're doing the dirt. It's a good. Can you movie. imagine the dirt on best film ever? The guy playing um, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> he was, he was funny. funny. All right, so um. It was one of those things where they went, this is more about music. Because as every person who joins a band, they don't do it for the sex and the drugs. They do it for the rock and roll. At some point, you start a band because you hear a record. It blows your mind, and you go, more of that, please. And that's the feeling they were trying to capture. And I think they do. They do, yeah. I think they do in this. I'm curious to see what um, Ellie, whose musical stylings are a bit different, Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe Georgia, who might be a generational gap thing on, how their feelings were as we progressed through the film. Absolutely. Uh, it was released at the 2020 International Film Festival in Toronto and was given a limited release on September 15th, 2000. And that is our introductory point to the film. So let's start. We have uh, an introduction and a Paramount sign. And just as we start the film, I don't know if you heard it, there's a sound of a record needle being put on the record. Yeah, that's nice. As in the whole film itself is an album. Yeah. Oh, I've been off this album for a long, long while. And I don't think there was an official album released at the time, but there is a, a a pressing of an album now. Okay. A double album. So I would like to get hold of that. The introductory credits have a bunch of musical paraphernalia in this montage and handwritten cast notes. I like this. Uh, and it said at first, Untitled, because that was supposed to be the name of the film. Untitled. Really? To which Paramount went, that's stupid. That and is, can I agree? That was stupid. That was stupid, yeah. Yeah. So the correct answer is, of course, it's going to be called Almost Famous. Yeah. My favorite part was when they misspell Frances McDermott's that name. That was great. Because it? her name is often misspelled. People call her Frances rather yeah. than Frances. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and we get introduced to the film and a film about rock and roll. You know what a great first song is? <laughs> Christmas, Christmas <laughs> time is here by Alvin and the Chipmunks. That was brilliant. Um, I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Liam, you picked up on a note that I already have, but why don't you go ahead and share it? Yeah, well, um, one of the cast members, Jason Lee, he then went later on went to star in a movie with Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, <laughs> this is the guy, he plays Jeff Beebe, the lead yeah, singer. Yeah, yeah. And he would later, he was, yeah, he'd be opposite three CGI Chipmunks as yeah, Alvin yeah. and the Chipmunks. So if you've seen Alvin and the oh, Chipmunks. Oh, but he's himself, you mean? He's, well, no, he's not he's himself, a, as in, but he's. But like, as in an actual person. He is live action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes. He's, he's real. <laughs> Everybody else is CGI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know what the guy's name is who hangs out with Alvin and the Chipmunks. No, I don't. No, I wish I did. I used to know at some point. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've seen those and I can't think what it's what what his name is ah, well. because I've seen the films and recognised the name Jason Lee because of just said that. Yeah. Mm. And so we start off in San Diego in 1969 and mom's yelling at the guy doing the signs because even though it's surfing all around, we're going to go to war about the word Xmas because it's <laughs> not an actual word. And this was actually a good introduction I thought to Frances McDermott, who I loved in this. She was she was good. She was good. Um, her, her introduction was interesting. Like, but I think as the movie goes on, you kind of warm towards her, and she, well, her character develops quite a lot. Yeah, you, you, you kind of get to see how she she is as a person throughout the movie, and you see how she's not as bad as you think she is at the beginning. I'd argue at the start of the film, we see her through her children's, especially her daughter's eyes. Yeah, yeah. And we see that side of her, mm-hmm. and then as they get separated and we see her by herself and reacting to things, I think we warm a lot to who she is. Yeah. yeah and I think the film does this intentionally. I do. Yeah, it's clever. Uh, she is based on Cameron Crowe's actual mother. Oh, really? Oh. Yes. Wow. So there's that. Uh, Georgia? Um, I'll front load this then. 
I did not like this film. <laughs> okay, I asked uh, you about Frances McDermott, but sure. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I, she was interesting. I? Um, yeah. I'm sure this will unload as I as, as we go through. <laughs> okay, Ellie, you're saving it up. You were gonna say um, I was just going to say that Jason Lee's character in Alvin and the Chipmunks is called Dave Seville. David. Yeah, Dave, David, yeah. David, sure. yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, McDermott's character is based on Crow's own mother, Alice, who has appeared in most of his movies, including she's somewhere in Almost Famous. I couldn't find where. Uh. But before production began, Alice, who passed away in 2019, read the script and liked that the mother wasn't too shrill, but it bothered her that Elaine, the character, walked around the house without shoes and socks. Uh, Crow said she's troubled wow. by the fact people will think she went barefoot, which is kind of like saying, well, the murder is fine, but you had me commit the murder in a red dress, and I never wear red. <laughs> that just proves that she's exactly how she's yeah. presented and it? to prove it even more she even shows up on set to keep an eye on cameron crow as he's directing and the, the crew under pretty strict instructions you know not to she's told his mom don't bother francis mcdermott don't bother her she's an actress let her do her thing and he yeah. walked into the canteen and saw them having lunch together <laughs> <laughs> she might listen to a bar of it no and so this is where we enter the mother-daughter fight i forgot how many people who are big now were in this film i know right because we have zoe de chanel who plays anita the daughter she's good in this she is good in this because she's she not quirky zoe de chanel she's an actual character yeah, it felt yeah, like yeah. and mom goes you've been kissing and then we get this list of stuff that mom won't let them do like it's no meat and no white bread and no sugar and i'm like well and it's like celebrating christmas christmas in september because that way it won't be overly commercialized <laughs> Um, and then she says to her mother, feck you. And she goes, what? She said, feck you, and I'm, runs off to her room. A lot of people use that. I've never heard of that. Not many kids that use that. And she goes, you're, to, to, to young William, a different, a different actor, your sister just used the F word with me. Well, actually, she said, feck. And, and mom was, what's the difference? He goes, the letter U. <laughs> but he's not being like a smart ass. No, he's, he's just being 100%. And she kind of smiles at him because he is a really smart kid. He is, yeah. And she's testing him on all these lawyer things. And she's taking him to see To Kill a Mockingbird at the movies and things. Like, she, he is her... Um, not protege. What's the word I'm looking for here? If you're young and you're really, really good at something, you are a, a product, pro, 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 prodigy. Prodigy. Yeah. Prodigy. Absolutely. So, um, and so the next, next thing I have is called "How old is William?" Because we see him getting made fun of in the shower. Mm-hmm. Bless him. He just stands there and takes it. And you can see he's remarkably a lot shorter than the rest. <laughs> well, except for one. There's one kid who's pretty short who's making fun of him. Yeah, but you can see there's. He still looks older, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. But it turns out he's two years younger than everybody else. He finds out he's 11. He's like, 11? <laughs> <laughs> 11? Long before Stranger Things. 11? <laughs> so uh, the kids call him a narc. He's got no pubes. Did you catch like some of the other kids? Like, see you later, pubes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I shave. Did someone else find that real, real weird? Uh, I don't yep. I, 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 I don't know when I was in middle school we had public showers yeah we did yeah same when I was in well, not even the showering bit that the, the, like the comment in on his pubes and lack thereof and then calling him pubes afterwards yeah, that, I, I don't, kids would say it, that it, it never ha- I never got to that age I, I, I moved to Canada before that could happen but I don't know I, I'm, I'm not I'm not at all thinking it's that kids wouldn't do it no kids would kids would they're, they're uninhibited at that age they're just it's, because it's one of those markers of you're just a little kid. How yeah, do I know? Yeah. This is how I know. Exactly. Yeah. I guess I just didn't. I didn't enjoy watching it. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
I'm not sitting there going, yeah. Yeah. No, same. yeah, I think it just felt a little bit strange to be looking at an 11-year-old boy in the shower. Like, but I, that was, but that I, was the but weirdness. I, but, but I wasn't. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, no, but I think that was why it felt a bit uncomfortable rather than like knowing that I don't know when we watch it. Joker and, and and his mum's in the bath I'm not going oh it felt a bit weird to watch this old lady having a bath no it's it's, it's within the context of, of the story she's an adult <laughs> the thing with movies is that it's not real no he's wearing swim trunks and he's got he's not in, uh, yeah <laughs> um so the song explains we find out he's really 11 uh sister's gonna run away and be a stewardess and she says she gives him a hug and says this song explains why i'm leaving home to become a stewardess that's a hell of a specific song that is yeah and she hugs him and says one day you'll be cool look under your bed it will set you free oh this was cool and we get a record collection and this is Cameron Crowe's actual record collection. That is cool. Yeah, from that time frame. And the, each of the, there's close-ups on each album cover as it fl- as, as he flicks the room. And it's a bit of a love letter to music, I felt. Just yeah, kind of. And then, of course, so. the one that's sideways, because they're all right way up until yeah. it's Tommy, the one she's, he's going to play. And it was light a candle and listen to this, and you see your future. And actually, I was making fun of it, but it actually works, because as he's playing Tommy and looks at the candle, we jump four years. Yeah. So we literally do see his future because now we're in 1973. It's and, a good album. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I like the Who. Yeah, I like the Who. I can't say I've ever really listened to Tommy as a. It's a good rock opera. That, that's the rock opera, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we meet proper aged William, who we'll spend the rest of the movie with, Patrick Fugit, who I've not seen anything else. I haven't. No, but he's really good in this. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought so. I thought he was uneven. Uh, there are scenes yeah. I really like him, and the scenes I, think, I really I think, think he's, he's out of his depth. To, yeah, but I think he's supposed to. I quite liked him. He's supposed but to be out of his depth. He's supposed to be out of his depth. Sorry, his character is supposed to be out of depth in certain situations. But there are times where he's just acting opposite Kate Hudson, and I'm going, I don't believe a word you're saying. You're out of your depth here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah okay. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, the part where he's like surrounded by people and looking like, acting like he's looking confused and overwhelmed, that's cool. I want that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he thought he'd missed his shot at this film after his audition tape somehow got lost in the pre-delivery, but he got to do a screen test, which impressed Cameron Crowe enough that he got the role. But when undertaking his research for his part as William, it became quickly aware that he didn't know anything about 70s music. Uh, He confessed to interviewers, I thought Led Zeppelin was one person. At the time, the only music he owned, and mad respect for this, was a Chumbawamba CD. I get knocked down. I hope it was that one. If it's any of the other ones, yeah. there's no reason but I for it. Again. Um, in Canada, you could get that Chumbawamba CD eventually for like one ninety nine, and like every it sold everywhere. Didn't it, it was yeah, be like Candle in the Wind. Yeah, but it wasn't a single. It was the full. We don't do singles. So oh. It was the full album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, did, you did the single for Candle in the Wind, though, didn't you? We did the single for Candle in the Wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why it sold so well. Because right? it went that top forty for like ten years. Yes, yeah, because we don't have any ever singles in <laughs> yeah. the charts. It's not too hard. We're the only one. Yeah. Uh, to educate Fugit, Crow made him listen to classic rock and gave him all these albums from Led Zeppelin, The Who, Neil Young, David Bowie, Peter Frampton. And he was told by Cameron Crow, I want this stuff coming out of your pores. Nice. And just one last thing. It was a coming of age story in many ways because his voice broke while filming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So good on him. And then we meet Lester Bangs, played by the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah, so good. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who we probably know from many things. He's in Patch Adams as the really jerky roommate. Capote? Uh, Capote as Capote. I think he wins the Oscar for that. He does, yeah. Uh, He was also in... Rock the um, Boat? Pardon me? Rock the Boat? 
Another 60s... The Boat That Rocked. The Boat That Rocked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's also in Twister. And the, probably the thing he's, he might be most, but most known for by, by a younger generation is he was in The Hunger Games film as Plutarch Heavensby, one of the oh, game designers. Okay. He's in the second and the third oh, film. that's where I recognize him from. He's in a lot of movies. A yeah, no, movies. I, I really strongly recognized him. I just couldn't think where it was that it was most from. But it's the, I think I have seen him in something else recently as well. Did he have a cameo in The Jackal? I haven't seen it. I don't know. I don't know. Something's just itching. Sadly, uh, the real Lester Bangs died of a drug overdose at a fairly young age. I figured this. Eerily, so does Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, his schedule only permitted them to be on set for four days, and he had the flu the entire time. <clears throat> so he shoots the sick. I thought Philip Seymour Hoffman was really good in a he small was, role here. He was phenomenal as a cameo. Yeah. Uh, he's wearing a Guess Who t-shirt. And goes on a rant about the guess who and how great they are. As a Canadian, I want to say God bless you, Mr. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Mr. Cameron Crowe. And the t-shirt is Cameron Crowe's old vintage guess who t-shirt. That's cool. Which made me surprised that Philip Seymour Hoffman could fit into it. Because I remember <laughs> him being a bit bigger, but he was quite small in this film, actually. Yeah. Um, and this guy's, like, this guy's, is he a journalist? Is he a DJ? I don't know. But man. I think he's a DJ. These sorts he? of people don't have jobs like this anymore. No. No. When they were creative and they could just play what they want, yeah. do what they want. They controlled the set list. Absolutely. They controlled the, the, the playlist. Not anymore. Now it's a corporation. He stops the song halfway through, doesn't he? And he throws it off. Yeah. Stick on another one. Uh, so I, he goes for a walk and talk with William and says, oh, you're probably the star of your school. And he goes, well, they hate me. <laughs> and he goes, well, you'll meet them on the long journey back to the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, nice. like rock and roll? Yeah. It's a shame you missed it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's over. <laughs> and he tells us the one rule of the film. Just one rule. Like Gremlins had three rules. This yeah, has yeah. one rule. Yeah. Don't make friends with the rock stars. Yeah. So. Um, it's, it's hard not to, isn't it? Uh, I think we see, I mean, because he's so yeah. young, we see the seduction of William in many ways. Absolutely. He's told, can you give me a thousand words on Black Sabbath? And he says, make your name on being honest and unmerciful. Mm. So then we're supposed to go to a Black Sabbath concert. His mom's dropping him off and says, look at them. It's a generation of Cinderella's with no glass slipper. <laughs> and she shouts out after him, don't take drugs. <laughs> to which everyone's like, don't take, take drugs. drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looks so awkward. And he goes to the back door and he can't get in. And he's told to join the rest of the groupies up at the top of the hill. The rest of the girls. The rest of the girls. Sorry, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's a bit of a shot there. Yeah. He looks vi- He looks young for 15. He does. Don't he? Oh, my word. And this is where we meet the girls, and especially we get a hell of a reveal mm-hmm. of Penny Lane, played <laughs> by Kate Hudson, who is fantastic in this film. She is phenomenal. I haven't seen her do anything better in this film uh, than this film. Georgia, any thoughts on Kate Hudson as Penny Lane? I liked Kate Hudson a lot. I liked her hair, especially. Her hair's great in this. Um, it is. Yes. Yeah uh yeah i thought she was good um i'm not sure how old she was supposed to be playing i guess that's part of it but we'll talk about that uh, yeah they do say yeah and um part of the whole look too the big fur coat the glasses like she isn't just a character because we're told she's a character she is penny lane she is is something different i understand see i understand why everyone makes such a big deal about this girl compared to the other girls she's surrounded by yeah she's on a different plateau yeah yeah ellie thoughts on penny lane yeah, she's great. Um, she's got a presence for sure. Um, and she just is that little bit extra. She's mysterious. Isn't she? She's dark and mysterious. Okay. 
I would yes. say that William isn't, but oh, <laughs> she definitely don't ask. is. He thinks he is. Mm. I know. <laughs> and she says, we're not groupies. We're Band-Aids. <laughs> this sort of term is branding. Yeah. And it's no more sex. No, they said Penny changed it for everything. It's not about sex anymore. Um, according to the script, it's just about blowjobs. <laughs> so I was like, oh, and we get told it's all happening. It is. It's all happening. Um, and at most films, there's a legal disclaimer at the end that says the events that occurred in here are fictional. Da 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 da. da. Any resemblance to people, real or imagined, is is entirely mm-hmm. coincidental. Not this film. This film tells us the character of Penny Lane was loosely based on a real individual. Cameron Crowe stated that Penny Lane is based on his real life friend Penny Trumbull, who goes by the name Penny Lane. She lives in Portland, Oregon, and is involved in the music industry. But another one called B.B. Buell dated a lot of rock stars back in the day, including Todd Rundgren and Steven Tyler. Yeah. Um, during an interview between Buell and Crow in Talk Magazine, Buell told Crow about how in real life she twirled in concert debris once, just like Penny Lane did in the movie, and said, I once did that in, Paris, in Madison Square Garden, but I couldn't believe how small it looked about anybody in there. It looked like a huge basketball court. So hang on a minute. The woman, B.B., mm-hmm. is that Liv Tyler's mother then? No, she just dated because nah, she dated she dated Liv's dad, Stephen Tyler, but she's not her mother. But Todd Rundgren was also her real father. No, it was her. Um, well, she dated grown up father. She dated both of them, but I'm feeling this article is telling us that a lot of people dated both of them. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Because Tyler was her original father, but he yeah, was, he was and then you up as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, because she doesn't find out that they're he's her father until Too like late, late on eighteen, nineteen, Teens, some yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the roles of Russell Hammond and Penny Lane were originally written for other people. We'll talk about that as we move on. Uh, so Kate Hudson was not originally in uh, this role. Originally, it was Sarah Polly, a Canadian actress. Not heard of her. Um, I'm not surprised. This was supposed to be her because Kate Hudson wasn't anybody before this no, either. No, no, no. So this was a breakout role. Uh, Polly went on to do some Canadian movie instead. And Kate Hudson originally had Zoe Deschanel's part. Oh, okay. So she got bumped up yeah, one, I guess. Yeah. She went from being the support band to the lead of to, to, to the main event. Yeah. The headliner. I'm not going to say no way. Kate Hudson considers the experience of making this film as one of the greatest times in her life. And of course she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a 2000 interview with The Morning Call, Hudson said she prepared for the role of Penny Lane by listening to a lot of classic rock, reading former groupie Pamela DeBars' book, and um, interviewing a bunch of wives of rock stars. And she says, you look into their eyes and you see a sadness. You can tell how much they lived and how yeah. jaded it gets in this world. But at the same time, they knew what they were getting themselves into. So an interesting sort of editorial here by I Kate Hudson. That. I saw By going, that. yeah, they were taken advantage of. But on the flip side, yeah, yeah. they also knew they were going to be taken advantage of. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting that we don't, we don't free them of all responsibility. Or we, Kate Hudson doesn't free them of all responsibility. It's a bit like Tom Jones's wife. She always knew that when he went away on tour, what he was doing. He was going to be doing yeah. something. Long as he didn't bring it home, yeah. Yeah, they, they so. stayed together. And you can actually see that with one of the other characters in this film, who mm. seems to be okay until he brings it home. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then we also meet Alexia Aphrodisiac, which was Anna Paquin in a small pa- role. She was young in this. She looked really young. And, 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 okay, let's, let, let's, let's rip this Band-Aid off. These girls look really young. They do. They look really, really young. And um, when I saw this the first time, I'd have been considerably younger, obviously, than I am now. That's how time works. Same. And um, I didn't notice at that time how much younger they looked. I didn't until, oh. until now. Yeah. Anna Paquin was bothersome. I get that Kate Hudson's playing a certain age. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure. We'll find out later if, if it syncs up. If the new jam, yeah. Anna Paquin looks young. She does. Yeah. I agree. That's my thought. Ladies, any, any, any comments on that? 
I think this is probably my biggest bugbear with the entire film is how young they all are and how young we are told even William is. He's 15. Yeah, but I'm not... That just doesn't sit right with me for the entire film. I'm like, just age... Make him actually 18 and then tell me this story. I think it's... But because, because it's, it's semi-autobiographical. On, yeah, and they were very young. You I know, know. I'm, that's... That's fine, but I'm not saying it I'm, not saying, I'm, not saying, yeah. I'm not saying it's right. The one thing I will say is that everybody you talk about the film and what we know. Yeah. Everybody everybody else in the film thinks he's eighteen. Yeah. He presents himself as eighteen, but a young looking eighteen. Yeah. Which yeah, and I don't resent the characters in the story for it. I okay. resent the fact that they've chosen to keep him fifteen <sighs> that we know he's fifteen. I guess because that, that bothers me for the entirety of the viewing experience then yeah i'm not telling you you're wrong i just think it's one of those things where he's he's telling a story yeah a coming of age story a coming of age story and it happens in a very concentrated amount of time yeah and what that means uh but no i i i, I hear what you're saying i'm exactly. not sitting there going yeah, i think yeah. it's great no. but i am sitting there going uh in in the 70s um it was very much like that in the 70s 70s and, 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 and rock and roll yeah and a lot of people would be go, you go from town to town to town to town to town and all you have is people's word and it's not like it is today no. where there would be selfies and digital trails and, and all this sort of stuff. So it's kind of probably a dark CD part of rock and rolls thing. But I mean, this, this whole movie is based on the culture of roadies and groupies and yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was all, it was all kind of new back then. It was like, no one knew you didn't, you had a shelf life as an artist. You didn't, no one thought they'd go on forever and ever and ever. You know, people thought that was just like a two, three year thing. Then that'd be over. Yeah. So they were just doing anything and everything they could. So I'm not saying it's right, but they did. Let's move along. Yeah. William still can't get in and then enter Stillwater, who were an hour and a half late, they say loudly for us. So we know why they weren't there already. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, William approaches them and they say, hey, we play for the band, not the fans. You're the enemy. And <laughs> I loved the branding of yeah. William as the enemy because he's so small and innocent looking. How can you call him the enemy? But do you know what else I loved about that? There's a magazine over in England called NME. National Music Express. Yeah. New Music Express? Yeah, New Music Express. Okay, yeah. I, I quite like the fact that they, that's a, an art. Like a, I hear you. I'm, oh, it's it interesting. Try, I, know, I don't know if there's a play on words, but... I don't think Cameron Crowe's History of Rolling Stone is giving a shout-out to the enemy. No, 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 no. no I'm not. But it's just where, interesting for us. That's where my brain people, people who know it, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. um, I, I remember listening to a Juno Oasis album, and there was a, a, a line, it's called a song called My Big Mouth, off the album Be Here Now. Mm-hmm. And it goes, oh, what you've done has ceased to be, that's what you get for sleeping with the... And it was capital N, capital M, capital E. And I was like, why would they do that? Why don't you just say the word enemy? What's going on? And not realizing yeah. the idea about the, about the music press and kind of... Which is actually kind of fitting for this movie here. Absolutely. Uh, and turns out William knows the band well and he starts telling them all how great they are and he comes off as a fan. Well, he knows them all by name, doesn't he? He knows them by name. He knows what they've done. He tells them... It could be honest. It could be honest, but he comes off like a fan and they get him in. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Stillwater. Crow used a composite of the bands he'd known to create Stillwater, the emerging group that welcomes the young journalist into its sphere. Uh, Stillwater was the name of a real band uh, out of Macon, Georgia. Cool. Um, and so they required the film's producers to obtain permission. They tried to do it for free, and the band went, no, <laughs> you're going to pay something or we'll sue you. Now, it would have taken forever, but they went, okay, fine, we'll give you some money. And that was enough. It is right, yeah. Um, 70s rocker Peter Frampton served as a technical consultant on the film. I, I figured that, yeah. Because they showed a Peter Frampton um, album and yep. stuff. 
And so Crow and his then-wife musician Nancy Wilson Hart co-wrote three of the five Stillwater songs in the film, and Frampton wrote the other two, oh, cool. along with Mike McCready of Pearl Jam playing lead guitar on all the Stillwater songs. Nice. So, And we meet Russell. Who am I? I'm Russell, played by Billy Crudup, who Billy Crudup. I really don't know him from anything else. No, I don't. He's done some stuff, but nothing that I'm really nothing familiar major, with. Nothing major, is no. it? No. Um, and it was originally supposed to not be him. Uh, okay. It was supposed to be a much, much, much bigger actor, and I don't think it's a better film for it. Uh, let me think. Well, it's around 2000. Who's about as big as it gets in 2000? Oh, um, uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Wow. It's supposed to be Brad Pitt in, the lead, in this role here. I spare with that. Uh, yep. Uh, but prior to filming, during rehearsal, Crow and Pitt mutually decided it wasn't fit. Yeah. It, it wasn't did. working. Yeah, it and Pitt dropped out of the project. Um, apparently, uh, Pitt said, I just don't get it enough to, to do it. I don't get this part. Uh, some rumors that Christian Bale should have been maybe uh, in the it was was lined up to be next in line. Maybe, but it went to Billy Crudup, and the character was based loosely on Glenn Fry of the Eagles. I yeah. Uh, in real life, he also contributed a lesson on how to hold a drinking buzz. So, if I may, yeah, go on. Here's Glenn Fry's tip on how to maintain a drinking buzz. <laughs> you want to if you want to craft the buzz correctly, you walk in and you drink two beers very quickly. And this is all told by Cameron Crowe retelling the story. Yeah, he, said, yeah. he told us a Rolling Stone magazine of all people. Then you drink a beer every hour and 15 minutes after that. You'll always have a buzz, and you never get too embarrassing. <laughs> so I think that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice, nice little. So there you go. There's your drinking tip from Glenn Fry through Cameron Crowe through us. There we are. There we go. Like four what degrees of separation. Like beer? <laughs> uh, that's not really. Uh, I think the same thing would be. I would <laughs> think the equivalent in unit. Yeah. Yeah, a, be- yeah, yeah. a beer is one alcoholic unit. Yeah. Or no, a beer is 1. 1. 1.8 units or whatever it is. So, it, yeah. so you want to take, you know, whatever the equivalent of that would be. So, you know, four alcoholic units instantly and then do two every hour and 15 minutes after that. <laughs> Again, that's two units, that. not two glasses of wine. No. <laughs> okay. Um, so, and then we also need to meet Jeff Beebe played by Jason Lee, who the first time I watched this, I hated this character. Did you? This time I was much more sympathetic to it. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, Jason Lee said he emulated the moves of Paul Rogers, lead singer of Free and Bad Company, to accurately portray rock star Jeff Beebe. And his aim was not to be a parody, but to actually look like he was doing it justice. Yeah, I see that. So, yeah. A question I had was how early before the show does William get here? Because when he shows up, you hear Black Sabbath's paranoid, uh, paranoid playing. Yeah. But I don't think you're thinking people are rocking up in those numbers when Sabbath's already on stage. No, yeah, good point. So I think, I think they're playing something. But he gets there. And then we meet Stillwater, who, as we find out, are the support act. So they're opening. They might be an hour and 15 minutes late, but they don't rush right from there to the stage. They hang out backstage for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. So my question is, how I've never gotten this early to a concert, and it's dark. Let's rock, let's show up at four o'clock for a seven thirty concert. Crazy. Usually, when the when the opening bands there, like it's like thirty percent full. Yeah, yeah. But man, people love them some Sabbath. Let's get there four hours early. Yeah, um, and they bring William into the huddle beforehand and they say come on in here enemy yeah. and they do this little thing and that's based on the fact that when he was uh there writing on pearl jam um pearl jam brought cameron crow into the huddle before uh, one of their concerts okay nice uh to look like a real rock band these guys rehearsed for four hours a night five nights a week for six weeks and peter frampton himself taught billy crudup how to play guitar to be fair they are pretty good he crudup looks good he on stage yeah yeah, yeah. Lee looks good on stage too, but he's not doing as much work, and I'll explain why in a second. And by second, I mean 
right now. <laughs> because Jason Lee doesn't do any of the lead vocals as Jeff Beebe. Oh, no. No, it's a guy called Marty Fredrickson. Oh, that's because yeah. the vocals are really good. The vocals are really good. And I'll tell you what, there's a part of the film that exposes it badly. Uh, yeah, I think I know it's good. Yeah. And so they're invited off to Los Angeles, or he is invited off to Los Angeles anyway, which I was like, oh, that's a long way. No, they're in San Diego. It's two hours. <laughs> yeah. But they say, tell Penny, it ain't California without her. Come like you did last summer. I'm under the name Harry Houdini. And at this point, you become aware, because unfortunately, and we haven't talked about this yet, it is clear a couple of things. Number one, William is instantly in love with Penny. Oh, yeah. Instantly. Penny is in love, we can tell, with Russell. Yeah. And Russell's, I don't know if he's in love with her, but he sure likes having her around. He does, yeah, yeah. When and, it comes to that side of town, she's the one. And it's the circle of unrequited love. And I don't know. I think we've all at some point, you know, had a crush on someone who fancied someone else. And you had to watch that. It's, it's like, a bit of a triangle. What's it? my mate? You know, my mate always gets all the girls and... And, and I don't, I love her, but she loves him, and I'm a much better choice. Than, uh, yeah, and it's yeah. all these sorts of things. And I thought, I, I really felt for William throughout this film. As unrealistic, because I wanted to shake him and go, it's never going to be you, buddy. No. It's never going to, trust me, it's never going to be you. Yeah. Russell is a man. You yeah. are a young-looking 15-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was my thought. I, 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 don't, I don't know, did you feel, Georgia, did you feel sympathy for, for William? I felt bad for him, yeah. I th- I felt bad for him for most of the film, to be honest. I was kind yeah. of going, oh, bud. Yeah. Oh. Ellie? Yeah, same. Um, you just, yeah, he's just a bit pitiable, isn't he? It's not that you really want them to act, get, end up together because she would eat him alive, but <laughs> just, yeah, it's just, it's quite realistic in a way, isn't it? He'd be um, infected like kind with of a like, bunch of STIs. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like that. Those kind of fifteen-year-old doe eyes, and um, yeah, he's just a baby, isn't he? He is and a baby. She is a. I mean, she's not. A, she is a baby, but she looks like a woman. She's well. She says near the end. I don't have it in my notes, but I've done twice as much stuff as I ever planned on doing. Yeah. And that's like how much life has she lived in that time frame? So mm. she's she's a baby, but she's also had a vast amount of experience. I don't mean just sexually. I just mean life experience. Yeah. Um, And maybe not old enough to handle the emotions that come with some of it either. Uh, And so they start having a conversation and they go, how old are you? And he goes, 18. He goes, 18. She goes, me too. Yeah. He goes, I'm 17. She goes, me too. He goes, 16. She goes, me too. And says, the truth just feels different, doesn't it? It does. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm 15. At this point, she doesn't say me too. She doesn't. So I'm arguing she is 16 for the majority of this film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. he is 15 and he is 15. Yep. Um, man, you tell me that they look, they look years apart. <laughs> yeah. Which helps because she's supposed to look out of his league and she's supposed to look worldly and he's supposed to look innocent and doe eyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in some way she does look quite young, but so it is believable, but. She definitely looks a lot older than he does. There are moments where she, when she's acting, she kind of has the big doe eyes and looking up slightly and off to the side, which make you go, oh, she's really, despite all the trappings of, of age, she's, and using words like, I'm retired. Like, you're 16. Yeah. Like, no, no, not, 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 not that like, you should be, what do you mean you're retired? Nice. You're 16. But just the idea that's such, a, that's such an, an, an adult word to use. It is, yeah. Um, and so she says, what's your real name? I'll never tell. And um, yeah yeah so um often los angeles uh and this random girl kisses um kisses will william on the way out and i'm like oh this is a pretty good night for him 
Yeah. He's made friends with a rock band. He's met a girl he's really into. Some girl looks like she's really into him. And here's my argument. I think Anna Paquin's into William. I think the whole film, she's actually really into him. Yeah, but that kind of get missed, doesn't it? I think she's into him. He's into Penny. Penny's into Russell. Yeah. And Russell's just a mess. <laughs> yeah. But it's this like circle. Of everybody's in fancying someone else who they're on the hook for. Because she's constantly going up to him and giving him like feels like real affectionate moments. Yeah, she does. You're right. I just can't get over her hat. <laughs> what do you want for your character choice i want that bucket hat <laughs> it's disgusting it, it's, it's like that's that's enough to turn off anyone even if they are a scrawny 15 year old yeah. something late and so we find out that penny's gonna live in morocco for a year and uh, says do you want to come and he goes ask me again <laughs> that's not in the script he was actually telling her to do it in a different way and give her give him another go at it. Oh, right. Ask me again. Like, change the way you said that. And Cameron Crowe loved the way it came off and just kept the whole thing in. That's great. Which I thought was really great. That is good. Um, so then we go to Los Angeles and everybody knows Penny Lane. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows Penny Lane. And also, uh, I don't know if anybody else knows, Jay Baruchel was there. He's, he's the young uh, when we were watching it, i went that's jay Barishow, and you went who's that oh, <laughs> so we're okay, okay. having this conversation twice <laughs> but if you want to there's a real experience folks you want the real experience of watching a film this is what happens <laughs> but um jay Barishow was in knocked up jay Barishow was in this is the the world's end this is the end this is the end the one with uh jason siegel and the scrawny kid from juno Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he's like sort of like a, a, a. He used to follow me on Twitter back in the day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then he got famous. <laughs> <laughs> then we saw. Was he almost famous? He was almost famous. Yeah. And I'd be at university and we'd be like tweeting about hockey and we'd just like fire back and forth. Oh, and nice. then he got famous. And then I was like, oh, shoot. All right. <laughs> Canadian. He was Canadian. Absolutely. Well, Granted, so was everybody I was around at that point was Canadian. <laughs> it wasn't such a, a novelty. But he shows up later in New York. He's that guy, that young kid who just comes and brings, oh, brings yeah, knowledge. Yeah oh yeah there's and some selling tickets at some point isn't yeah, yeah something yeah. like that yeah. there's some serious eyes between penny and russell again mm-hmm. uh, anna paquin voiceovers the relationship and goes oh them they were together all last summer and boy he likes her but he's got oh he's got himself a pretty serious girlfriend back in new york and it's like okay we've got and that, that would work because he's looking and uh he goes but no one's ever gonna tame penny lane and he goes, I need to keep him away from her. And he goes, away? You're Penny's excuse for being here. Yeah. And I can think of times in my life where, like, someone would make plans of you. And I'm like, oh, this is what, oh. Penny's dropped. Oh, the penny dropped, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're hanging out so you can, oh. oh yeah. Disappointing. <laughs> There's moments I can relate to William in this film. I don't know what's going on. Uh, and she's, But then she goes to him oh if only you oh this was a different girl who goes to him oh only if you were rich and taller <laughs> and english and a guitar player and he goes well then i'd be a totally different person he goes oh yeah <laughs> i think that was something that might be Anna maybe i don't know yeah and my question is this why does russell like penny why what is so special about penny i think it's her free spirit yeah, yeah. there's part of it there and then that's kind of all wrapped up in what I said about her being mysterious, I think. Just yeah. she's it's very reason, different she has a different vibe to everybody else. It's the reason why you got into rock music. I think it's the idea that she's the super fan. Yeah. And looks at him at a certain way. She's pretty, don't get me wrong. She really is. Yeah. She's attractive and he's got that side of it, obviously, is, is a huge part of his factor. But I guess also that idea of it, like you know, he says, I, I wish I need to see you again the way 
the way that you look at me makes me feel different about myself yeah, because yeah, she yeah. treats him like he is a golden god not to not to jump ahead in the film <laughs> yeah but you know and i think that can be intoxicating that idea of pure just the idea that when i walk in you know i am the single greatest person in this girl's eyes and yeah, that yeah. that could be intoxicating like i said doesn't justify any of it no, no, but no, my no, question no. was what's so special at this point in the film i was going i still don't get what's so special about penny lane she's attractive i've got that she doesn't look about her. I've got that. But what is it outside of that? I think it's a free spirit. And yeah. People, and people are constrained by life and business and gigs and all these different things. And she she's not. And they're doing all this inside like like a little like room where you get ice. Yeah. And as they start making out, I guess, you see her big fur coat like come up against this little spy window thing. Mm. And you cut from that to William. It was a point of view shot of the of – the, and you see him kind of looking down upset. And I'm like – you are torturing yourself, young man. Yeah. This is... It's never going to happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Uh, and then we cut to Rolling Stone magazine, and I'm very curious to get George's um, reaction to this. Georgia, do you see a face you recognized here? Mm, maybe. You're kidding Not me. Not sure. You're kidding me. Uh, okay. I can't think of one. There's two characters, one called Ben Fong Torres... And yeah. he had a sidekick who was telling him what to do with the numbers, give him more, give him less. I can't picture him. It was Dwight f***ing Schrute. Was it? It was Rain Wilson. Dwight f***ing Schrute was an almost I've famous. I've got to look back. Where? Uh, you look what? back at this. You type in David Felton, almost famous. David, D-A-V-I-D, Felton, yeah. F-E-L-T-O-N, almost famous. No. Yeah. <laughs> How bad is your face blindness? What are you doing when you're watching these films? I'm sitting there going, I know I'm marking out. I'm like, that can't be him. And I, I'm like, oh, it's him. And I'm like, Georgia oh, will God. love this. And he comes up a bunch of times. So I'm like, surely she'll get this. No, my face blindness is is like severe it only <laughs> takes glasses and a mustache and curly hair apparently okay. to completely no, throw me off this is even dwight, i recognized him here we go this is dwight schrute rain wilson himself i love rain wilson i know you do that was why i'm so surprised at <laughs> my voice this might this might have uh, given the film an extra half point in my eyes just the fact that rain wilson's in it to be there honest. We go. <laughs> so they say they'll pay him at first of all we'll give you eight hundred dollars and he's like oh but first he goes is this william miller he goes yes he goes yes <laughs> yeah. this is apparently this is what i do on the podcast according to yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. comment when my voice gets low when i when i do this uh, and they'll pay him a grand and um he phones all expenses uh, all expenses pay don't the band pay for anything no, we've yeah. got you covered don't be in debt to the band absolutely uh and he phones up lester philip seymour hoffman says don't do it <laughs> Rowan Stone of a devil <laughs> and he goes I'm going to do it no, I, I would wouldn't you? Oh, I totally was, would yeah. and they go on the bus and William wants some time with Russell and this becomes a theme throughout the movie it does, yeah. Russell's always going to promise she can have it tomorrow and he's never going to pay off um, and so he goes but I need to be back in time for graduation and he goes hey I never graduated and look what happened now you're interviewing me <laughs> which I thought was quite good. He said, oh, don't print that. According to our bios, we've all graduated. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing says rock and roll, like stick to the corporately approved bio. <laughs> we go to the motel. Now, if George didn't get this, I don't know if Georgia has this other person on, on, their, on her um, radar, but Ellie should know this one. So here we go. Ellie recognized Rain Wilson. Did Ellie recognize this person? No. The desk clerk at the motel who says your mom scared me. Did you notice who this was? 
I didn't at the time, and I can't even remember what they looked like now. This was Eric Stone Street, also known as Cam from Modern Family. Oh, no, sorry. I did recognize him at the ah, time. I just forgot about in it. his feature <laughs> film debut, and he yes. looks different. He does. You picked him up before I did, Liam. I did, but not from uh, Modern Family. You said Modern Family. No, no, no. I've not seen it. Oh, my bad. Well, okay, where did you get him from? Was it CSI? I did, I, I'd seen him in something. Yeah, okay. But I, I didn't know what, what from. Okay, and this was his debut. And the band don't know if they can trust William, which is another thing. And we go to this radio interview, which is kind of... I, I wasn't going to talk about it because it's kind of a stupid scene. It is very stupid. Except for at the end. I liked this scene. Did you? Oh, okay, so why don't you talk about it then? The one scene you liked. The one scene in the... No, it's not the only film and scene I liked. Um, scene in the film, sorry. I liked this because it was just silly. It was just harmless mischief. And uh, the radio presenter falling asleep and them just shouting profanities and yeah. being really stupid on the mic made me smile. I was like, yeah, that's the sort of thing like I would do if I was on a radio interview and the person fell asleep. Like, you're going to use that for your advantage because it's not actually harming anyone. It's just a bit of fun. I liked it. And the, say that to the Sex Pistols. <laughs> and the important scene, though, behind this is that the important thing behind this scene is for the first time in the film, we get the idea of there's a little animosity. Yeah, you do. Yeah. We get the idea that I think it's Russell who's upset that I think it's Russell who's upset that Jeff waited till now to say he was good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's going, but I always big you up. Why don't you ever give big, big, big me up back? And it seems like it's this insecurity between our two leads. And he always is chasing the interview, isn't he, with William? He he's the one who won't stop talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's saying the most moro- like it's the most pretentious drivel. Yeah. It is so stupid yep. what he's saying. Yeah. Like every other scene, he's talking to him, and it's just it's just just crap. Yeah. Um. And so we get there. Then we go by the pool, and he says to William. Russell says to William, "Look, just make us look cool. Just make us look cool. Let me live with you." And he goes, "I will quote you warmly and accurately." <laughs> And uh, Glenn Fry actually uttered the look, just make us look cool line to Crow as, uh, as, as a young man. That's so, yeah. So he's actually stealing that one right off there. Russell's worried about his extramarital pursuits getting out. What you think? I think you'd have to go, look, if you're going to be on the road. Yeah. Don't do that. Write about anything else, but don't do that. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? I think so. I've never yeah. heard of because no one would ever do an interview with anybody from the press ever again. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm sorry, rock and roll and fidelity go together about as well as you know um, cannonballs and successful swimming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. it's just not 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 a thing. I, I don't imagine, especially back in the day when there weren't digital trails. Mm. Um, and so Russell calls him a friend. And we've been told, don't become friends. But he you is. see William's face. He's being seduced. He is. We cut to a scene where they're doing a concert, and Russell gets electrocuted when he grabs the mic. Liam, you went. It's based off true story. Yeah, it is. Do you it, know who it is? I have no idea. Kiss. Kiss, was it? Kiss. Ace Freshly was severely electrocuted on stage during a concert in 1976 in Lakeland, Florida. Ah. Freshly later wrote a song called Shock Me. <laughs> no, is, that, their- is, is that why their makeup is like what it is? In homage <laughs> to being fried alive. Yeah, it's, it's why his hair is like out straight to the side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the song is not about the incident, but the title was inspired by it. And it was the, only t- it was the first time that the, the Freshly sang lead vocals on a Kiss song. Uh, okay. the bus leaves the venue and this girl's like chasing because she had a phone call earlier in the film yeah. with um uh, william's mother 
and says, your mom says she knows what's going on. And she's running beside the bus and then she just eats a wall. <laughs> that was so good. That um, did make me laugh. And me. The next day on the bus, um, William says to Penny Lane, I can't keep up with you. And she goes, no one can. And she does have this pride in whatever her role is. She really, she really at her heart believes she's helping the dance. She believes in that, her own little world. She believes that yeah. by, by, by um, being close to the artists, by being there for what they need, uh, she is helping the music happen and she enjoys the music we see this she's clearly there's something it's not about the fame no no it doesn't appear to be about the fame it does appear to be about the music she's famous people are more interesting yeah but i think about her being famous it might be about her walking in their circles but it really seems to be the music russell says you know the words to the bad ones the bad songs that no one knows yeah and that's phenomenal that's enticing um and then they do a great spot with it where they stop for something at at a bus stop and they drive away and they leave Jeff, the lead singer, behind. I'm the lead singer. His exact quote was, Oh, no. he's just really caught. Oh, don't worry about me. Go ahead and leave. I'm only the fucking lead singer. And then he runs. I'm like, I think I'd wait to say my pithy line when I'm back on the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a movie, isn't it? Yeah. And then they get t shirts delivered. And this is rough. Only Russell's in focus, and the other three are just like shapeless blobs in the back. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this opens up the idea that this really was a fight they had. Uh, and Russell says, I think you love this T-shirt to Jeff. It lets you say everything you want to say. And the dynamic they agreed upon was Paige and Plant, Mick and Keith. One could argue Gallagher and Gallagher. Yeah. The guitar player who writes the songs and the singer who is enigmatic and hopefully that's what you strive to be but russell's clearly the star of this band mm-hmm. and uh jason lee comes off as a bit of a douche when he says i work as hard if not harder than anyone on that stage i connect i get people off i look for the one guy not getting off and i get him off he says, and you can you can print that <laughs> he does, yeah. it's not a really good line <laughs> no no but then russell gets mad takes off and they go to a party and by they i mean russell and william mm-hmm and Russell won't shut up about things being real. And my question at this point in the movie is, I've literally typed this at this moment. Because Russell's acting really weird. I'm going, should he have had more drugs before this? Because I don't really believe he'd act the way he acts. And then literally five seconds later, they give him a cup of acid. Yeah. And he drops acid. And uh, he's uh, William gets on the phone with the manager and says, he's done acid. He's Okay. And I guess the question is, you know, is it kicked in yet? He goes, well, how will I know if it's kicked in? And then we cut and he's on the roof. (laughs) So clearly here's the answer. Here's the answer. And he goes, uh, we heard the clip we heard at the start. You know, I am a golden God. (laughs) And you can tell Rolling Stone magazine that my last words were, I'm on drugs. They go, ah. And he goes, no, no, no. I dig music. And it's a little bit more. Yeah, uh, he goes. I'm on drugs. Yeah, <laughs> and then he jumps in the pool. Uh, I love that scene. That and scene. then all the girls jump in after him. Oh, because he's not coming back up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he decides he wants to stay in Topeka. This yeah. is his new family. The manager comes and gets him. But in his 2020, sorry, 2012 memoir, My Cross to Bear, Greg Allman confirms that several aspects of the movie are directly based on Crow's time spent with the Allman Brothers Band. The scene in which Russell jumps from the top of the Topeka party house into a pool was based off something Dwayne Allman did. 
Uh, that was from the third floor of a place called the Travel Lodge in San Francisco. My brother wanted to do it again, but the cat who owned the place came out shaking his fist. We told that story all the time, and I have no doubt Cameron was around for it. He also confirms that he and Dickie Betts uh, played a joke on Crow by claiming clauses in their contract did not allow a story to be published just before he was supposed to deliver it to Rolling Stone. <laughs> so you can see almost a little bit of the end of the movie. You can, can you? Yeah. However, other people claim it's about their story. So... Um, another source says that this is a reference to Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin, who is purported to have said the same thing sober while looking over Sunset Strip balcony. And the line, I am a golden god, was uh, in references to Russell Hammond being unusually good looking, which there were a couple. And I went, he's not that good looking. He, no. He's good looking, but he's not that. Those were from the Brad Pitt version of the script, and they never took him out. Oh, I think okay. he's pretty good looking. He is. Yeah, I quite like him. Is he that much? Okay, is he that much better looking than Jason Lee, though? Uh, uh, yeah, which yeah. Jason yeah, Lee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the other guy? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Hot yeah, take. Yeah. I think he's better looking than Brad Pitt. Mm. I don't know what Brad Pitt looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what Dwight Schrute looks like. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Not when he's dressed up <laughs> So if he showed up in like his mustard yellow shirt, he would have got it then. Yeah, I'd be like, then oh, it's Dwight Shoot. Yeah, and yeah. I've been pranked by Jim in the background. There's people listening to this screaming, going, You don't know who Brad Pitt is. Yeah. <laughs> We've done like I know who how he many films of Brad Pitt in now. <laughs> oh, I don't know what he looks like. What have we done with Brad Pitt so far? Seven. Yeah. Seven. Anything else? Um, we did, what was he in with the funny jacket? Oh, oh Fight Club. Fight Club, yeah. Good shouts. We've oh, done yeah. two. We've done two. <laughs> yeah. Um,. Sorry, and then we go back on the bus, and just before he does, he like freaks right out. He like drug rages on poor Will, fifteen year old Will, yeah. who's probably saved his life. <laughs> and he goes, "Stop looking at me! You're a you're a you're a cop!" And starts yelling. That's and I'm like, "Whoa!" It? Yeah. And it's the paranoid. And they yeah, get him yeah. on the bus, and we have the scene to Tiny Dancer. And Tiny Dancer oh. is one of the greatest scenes I think of a movie at all, and it's all done without any real dialogue being said. It's clever, isn't it? I don't know. I've seen this before. Uh, people who saw it for the first time, what was your take on this scene? I liked this scene, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this nice. was good. Yeah. And I think the dialogue I, that does end it is good as well. Yeah. Yeah. There is some at the end. But the bit where he's shivering and no one's talking to each other and they all hate Russell because they're not wrong. Russell thinks he's better than everybody else. Yeah. yeah. And so, and he just ruined the, the, the show the night before. They had to cancel the concert. What does that do for the rap? Who knows? Is the band going to survive? Who knows? Mm hmm. And then they start listening to music. I think it's the bass player starts singing it first. And then one by one, they all start joining in. And then at the end, it's it's a cacophony of voices. And they as a group are so much better than any one of them by themselves. Absolutely. And it's the power of music to transform you emotionally and also to say the things that you can't find the words to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so at the end, it's this brilliant, euphoric, it's, and it's all been for, forgotten. Maybe not forgiven, but forgotten at least. Mm. And... It's just so powerful. And then uh, William says to Penny, I need to go home. And she's like the face waterfall thing from Face Off. Yeah. And then goes, you are home. At which point, if I'm Will, now I'm in love with her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I wasn't already, I really am. I'm never she going home. head Penny. on his shoulder. And oh. Like, <sighs> Jim and Pam. <laughs> Only not. Um, and so then, oh, one thing interesting, though, is well, a couple. Cameron Crowe later admitted that there was someone who was such a bad singer, his warblings had to be turned down in post-production as not to distract from what is a very special movie moment. <laughs> anyone, anyone want to have a guess of who the worst singer on the bus was? The yeah. lead singer. Lead singer? Uh, I'm going to say... Um, 
Yeah, lead singer. Okay. Jason Anybody else know? We all know? So the same, yeah. It's William. Really? Have to turn down William. <laughs> William was not good. Uh, and Cameron Crowe made the uh, cast do so many takes of a tiny dancer sequence that eventually Noah Taylor, who plays the original manager of the band, yeah. refused to cooperate anymore and just stopped singing. <laughs> He's like, shoot them. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> I like it. So actually, this scene that was supposed to bring people together like cost like chaos. And then That's one funny. of my favorite under sort of understated scenes, we get to see William's mom at her job, mm. and she's good yeah. at her job. She is, yeah. And they're laughing, and she's funny, and she goes, "I'm sorry, I can't concentrate." Rock stars have stolen my son. Yeah. <laughs> what a great punchline. And, and then we just, and they just like write it down. Like yeah. it's a note. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And then we cut. And this is a really weird scene for me. Go on. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the title of it. You can guess what it's about. Let's deflower the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to go back to a different time. It is the 70s. It is a different time. They are on tour. It seems everybody is sleeping with everybody on this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So the idea about and the idea about masculinity and the idea about what it meant to be a man and the idea that this was something that why would you turn this down? These girls are sleeping with the rock stars, all these sorts of things. So you want to be famous by association. You want to live their life. You have this. Now, he clearly seems that he's up for it. Does he? At one point, he says no. Does he? Several, t- several yeah. times. <laughs> um. It's... Also, there's, it's just the fact that there's no indication before this that he's interested in any of them other than Penny. And they oh, just even, kind of he, bring on, him forward. Even during this, they're all like around him and like taking his clothes and off and their clothes off. And, and, they're and, in he's, looking yeah, at, and he's, he's looking at Penny yeah. and Penny's looking at him. And we get these extreme close-ups of just their eyes to yeah. show the intimacy of this moment. And it is interesting that given he's in love with her, there's four girls in this scene. And the only one he doesn't sleep with, it would seem, is Penny. Yeah, yeah. He never gets Penny. No. If he's a 15-year-old and actually manages to sleep with all three of those girls, then good on him. His first time is a foursome. Yeah. <laughs> Rock and roll. That's, that's some serious stamina. <laughs> he needs to go back to those kids who were making fun of him yeah, when he was yeah. like 11 and be like, I got a story for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, in documentary footage, Cameron Crowe talked about this scene, oh. which did happen. Uh, so the one scene would show multiple girls gang up to take his virginity. He called the experience a squirmer, but said that he stressed that the genuineness of it all probably contributed to the quality of the film. Okay. So, yeah. So that's in the film because it happened in real life. Yeah basically and he felt really weird because although she wasn't on set when this scene was shot francis mcdermott was on set the day the scene was shot because i guess we're shooting a couple scenes yeah, yeah, yeah and um felt that he she had so personified his mother in his head that it was weird having her there watching sort of an avatar of his mother is watching an avatar of himself yeah, having yeah. this experience yeah, and said yeah, it felt yeah. really weird yeah i can see that um, back to Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, William basically uh, doesn't he didn't steal it. He just copies what what uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman told him he could use. Yeah. yeah. Rolling Stone magazine is going to go ahead and call this. you. Save it as a think piece about a mid level band struggling in the face of their own stardom. And he does it, and they're like, "Oh, I love it." Which is just we were told it would. Uh, and now they're in contention for the cover, and they want two thousand words. And meanwhile, they're like, "Come to Cleveland," and Russell's like, "Come to Cleveland," and Penny's like, "Come to Cleveland." And here's my question: Do either of them genuinely care? 
care about William or is he just their alibi? Yeah, that's what it feels like. I mean, at this point, why does Penny need, what does Penny, I guess Penny only needs the alibi in case Russell's wife comes around and goes, who's he with? Oh, he's with the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because he keeps saying, no, I want to go home. And then we go to another one of my favorite scenes, Russell and mom on the phone. It's great. And she screws with his head. (laughs) Unlike a lot of films, they're actually filming this at the same time. Oh, well, they. So it's not he's doing one side yeah, and they get yeah, her yeah, side. Yeah. He's connected to her. She's connected to him and they're actually acting off each other. Oh, that's cool. Which was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you feel it more. These are your two most different characters in the film. Absolutely. As a result, I really enjoy these scenes. I do. Yeah. Um, mom drops here, but he's only 15. She puts him in his place and she tells Russell it's not too long for him to become a person of substance. <laughs> <laughs> I love Frances McDermott in this film. She, she's good in most she, things she does. She, yes. oh, she, she really I is. like her by this point. Yeah. By she this really point, is. I was going, you're funny. At this point, I'm turning for sure. Yeah, I think yeah, the, yeah. Scene, yeah. To, the scene I didn't talk about where she talks to the girl who says she's the maid yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever, um, I'm starting to turn at that point because you see she's just concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just concerned mother. Uh, and then in walks Dennis Hope, sent from the record label. He wants to be the new manager. And Dennis Hope, uh, Georgia, I'm curious to get this one. Yeah. That took me a little the while. The new slime ball manager. Did you figure out who this was? I recognized his face slightly, oh. but I couldn't tell you. No. Ali, did you recognize who this was? I already knew he was in it. Okay. Uh, so I, I didn't recognize him. Well, Liam, you so, did. So why don't you go ahead and say yeah, it? Yeah. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon from The yeah. Tonight Show. Oh, I knew he was in it. Yeah. I yeah. didn't realize that was him. That's yeah, it. he looks so different, so doesn't different. he? Um, and so he said, you know, your manager is causing half your problems. Do you realize that because you left the venue, like you forfeited your rights to this and you couldn't sue? So you actually paid them money to electrocute you? <laughs> Which I thought was great. And, says, and their manager looks and goes, oh. He says, we got some planes for you to make up more dates. But here's my question. Like, you're supporting Black Sabbath. Yeah, they seem like... So are they only supporting half of Black Sabbath's dates? I, I think they're only supporting Black Sabbath at that one concert. No, they, there's a whole joke about finally maybe we can stop supporting Black Sabbath. It's, oh, it's, it's okay. in Russell's poem. Because they don't make any more reference to Black Sabbath no. when they're doing... None. That's why I thought they were on solo. It's just, so, so did I, until we got to the poem. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it wasn't made clear enough. So he goes, I didn't invent the rainy day. I just have the best umbrella. And says, come on, guys. Do you really think Mick Jagger will still be out here doing this when he's 50? 50. He's 74 now. <laughs> he was over 50 that, when... He was that over, made me laugh. He was over 50 when this film came out. <laughs> This film might have leaned a little bit too heavily into the predicting the future and getting it wrong joke because yeah, it yeah. happens a lot. It does, yeah. Um, and then we have Penny Lane dancing in the empty auditorium in Cleveland. Do you know what? I love that scene. This is Cameron Crowe's favorite scene. I love in it. the movie. Yep. I love it, yeah. I, I can so relate to this scene. And it's not just one scene. It's well cut. It's well placed. She's like a kid in wonder in this location. Yeah. This is her church. And and there's so much mess everywhere, but yeah. there's no one else inside. And she sees the beauty in this. Yes. Georgia. So I really, really enjoyed this because I think we've said it enough on here. We do Amdram and stuff. And after a very long after party, when we've been tidying up and that sort of thing, and there's been confetti on the floor and mm. that sort of thing, and there may have been a little bit of alcohol involved, that has been me like the last one still dancing yeah. sweeping around there, on the floor and it's it was it was really lovely to see that like 
on a screen. I was like, yeah, I, I, I get that. There is something about the afterglow of a communal experience. Yeah. yeah. And being still in that area and not wanting to leave that area. Even though everyone's yeah. gone home, there's yeah. an energy in the room, which until you leave is still palpable in the air because you don't want to leave and you don't want to lose that because that feels so good in Absolutely, that moment. Yeah. 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 And I think, she, I, think it, I think it's captured in that scene, which is really hard. Like what I've just described is a very kind of nuanced thing. And maybe mm-hmm. if you're not a performer, maybe you haven't experienced it on that level. Maybe there's something that you do. Maybe if it's athletics and you dominate on the field, you don't want to leave the field and you want to yeah, stay yeah. there because that is the area which, 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 which you had that experience. But there's something in that. And it's really hard to go. Now, how do you capture that on film? It is very clever. And, and, and he does. He does. And I think part of it's because I actually, for some reason, he's done a really good job making me care about Penny Lane. Yeah. Yeah. And you tell you what, uh, it's going to kick you in the teeth in a minute. But first, we have Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. And I don't know if you noticed this. They're shooting the band walking towards the plane. And you know who's in the front? No. It's not Russell. It's not Jeff. It's Jimmy Fallon. Oh. The manager's in the front. And yeah. they're following him. He's oh. the rock star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! And they look back and they see the bus they're leaving behind. Yeah. Their roots, their old ways. Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah. seeing this corporate ugliness. Clever. And then we go, and this is why I think it's so important we have the scene of the empty auditorium where we do, because now we're going to have the poker game. Oh, yeah. And basically what ends up happening is it's not even a game of skill. They're just putting a card on their head. And all we know is that basically the manager finds a way to get rid of Penny Lane because they're going to be going to, to New York where Russell's from. Yeah. And we don't want his girlfriend, wife, whatever, catching that he's been with Penny. So we need to get rid of her. So he sells her. For 50 bucks in a case of Heineken. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Made me sad. Yeah, well, you're supposed to, though. I mean, Russell himself, he didn't want to do it, but you can see that that's the name of the game and that's what they do. So he, he gives in. Yeah, and I mean, he, the manager goes, Are you okay with this, Russell? And he goes, Yeah. And he goes, And then he pulls. William aside and says, no one's feelings are getting hurt. She knows. She knows. Yes. Well, then we're, and we get up. We're going to sandwich this with Petty's birthday. Yeah. Oh, this is so rough. It is, isn't it? And Russell writes a poem for her. Now, I'm supposed to believe he's the songwriter for this band. <laughs> this poem is dreadful. You yep. this, yeah. The rhythm, the meter, the choice of rhyme, it all sucks. Forget Russell. Yep. I judge Cameron Crowe for writing this. Like, you should be better. Yeah. Unless it's supposed to come across as... See, cause I don't think it's supposed to be he wrote this in five minutes. I'm so, I really believe Russell loves Penny. I do. He can't let himself be with her, but I really believe he loves Penny, at least for that time. When they're on the road, that little bit where they're playing house or whatever that is. He likes his little bit. He loves her he and would have spent more than the 35 seconds it took to write that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's designed to be like a poem written by like your average Joe, like just to be like kind of really oh, heartfelt. But then they've forgotten that. the idea that he's supposed to be a lyricist. Is it because he's in? Maybe it's because it's a front and it can't be too good because it'll give away. And you get people maybe. go, maybe they know, but it's a maybe they know. It's not an absolute. It's not a tipping of your hand. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I still the- didn't like it. The thing that really bothered me about this scene was the fact that on Penny's cake, it says age unknown. Um, and I know that, you know, she's got that kind of mystery and she won't tell people how, you know, her name or anything really about her. But if they know that she might be, like why at that age, why would you lie about your age unless you're underage? 
I so don't he, know. I guess the idea, if it, thank, not thankfully, but I think it's something about the character of Penny Lane is that you don't know her real name and you don't know her age. She is a mystery. Mm-hmm. She is a vapor. And the more stuff she keeps hidden, actually, the less important her age becomes. Because if all you're not telling someone is your age, then maybe alarm bells go off. Absolutely. But if you don't tell anybody anything about your backstory, for instance, the guy who plays Raj on Big Bang Theory, no one knows how old he is. I've never seen Big Bang Theory. Okay, but regardless, he's, he's, oh, okay. he's an actor on one of the biggest shows in America. was the number one show in America for several years. No one knows how old he is. Was, was he birthday, young when he started then? His or? birthday is not listed on IMDb. No one can find his actual age. Wow. Because why, what reason do you, you, don't, you, can't, you can't force someone to reveal their age? No, you can't, yeah. You have the right to privacy. Only if you think there's been a crime committed of some sort, da-da-da-da-da-da. And you can't, therefore, it's just, yeah, you have the right to that privacy. Now, if there was a concerned third party who went, I'm concerned that she might be too young to be, then maybe then she has to show her age, sure, because mm-hmm. now we have concern. But until that, that happens. Yeah. And the, like I said, the, but again, if it was the only thing we don't know, alarm bells, but we know nothing about her because she chooses to be this character, this spirit. She chooses to be the enigma, yeah. Yeah. His date of birth is on Wikipedia. Is it now? Yeah. Okay, because it really wasn't. For the longest time, I couldn't find it because I went looking for it one day. He is. He was born in 1981. Oh, there we go. There we are, yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah. I promise at one point it wasn't on there. <laughs> I, went, I, I went looking. Someone must have bullied it out of him at some point. Someone must. He must have finally maybe, come maybe clean. Maybe he met a William. Maybe someone he did. Someone he really like, fell for. And was maybe, like, maybe he had a birthday yeah, cake that said age unknown. He went, oh, guys, I'm like, I'm yeah. like, what did I tell you what? Or someone, else, someone came up to him. This beautiful lady came up to him and went, I'm 39. And he went, me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually 38. Me too. Um, so. Oh, sorry. And as this is happening, she's handing the cake out, which is the ultimate. I, I don't know. It's a tradition. Maybe we'll hand out the cake, but it's also the most penny lane thing you could do. We've bought you a cake. Now feed everybody the cake. Yeah. And Serve the- everybody because everybody uses her. That's the thing. Right. Like, and this, like, is, yeah. this could be another example of her distributing, you know, something with her name on it and who wants the P and penny and all these things start happening. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so is the cake a metaphor for her and everybody's part. I'm not trying to be trying to be crude. Everybody's having a slice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then it, she gives a bit to, to, to the to the, the manager. manager and he goes, it's a shame the plane's not bigger, which is how she finds out she's not going. Yeah. She handles this. And so you see well. her fighting back the tears and yeah. smiling and trying to go to William and going, Oh, you didn't get any cake? And she sort of licks the cake off the what and was that supposed to be sexual when she licks the cake off yeah. the thing? Is it this kind of we've talked about it with Greece before. Is this the kind of thing where this is all she knows is this sexual energy? No, I think so. And therefore uh, yeah. all she can and do is her. go, Okay, I, I can't have Russell because he's rejected me. I'm gonna go to the kid because the kid loves me. The kid looks at me the way I look at Russell. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to feel good about myself. Yeah, and they go walking. And uh, she, William's talking, and she goes, if only there was more of you and him. And he said, don't tell me that. He goes, I'm trying to like the guy. Now, William, why? Yeah. Why are you trying to like this guy at this point? Because he's a fan from day one, isn't he? But he sees it. Like he, okay, he's been lying to him for, yeah, I'll oh, give you yeah, time. Yeah, How many has. times does he go to get his interview? And he goes, get out. Not yeah, today. Yeah, 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 Lies yeah. to him. Yeah. You see him treating Penny poorly. Mm. He he he! You saved his basically his, his his career, if not his life, and he yells at you and still won't give you the interview. It's like you my, being on tour with you two. I, 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 <laughs> but you know, 
Bono, if you're out there, don't treat me like this. <laughs> Bono wouldn't. But if he did, you'd give him chance after chance after chance. Adam Clayton Jr. might. <laughs> Adam Clayton, Larry Mullen Jr. But Adam Clayton might. He plays the bass. He's a... No, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. Um, And says... She goes, honey... You're too sweet for rock and roll. Mm. And he goes, no, I'm dark and mysterious and very pissed off. And she goes, That's Aw. about as threatening as I ever looked. And, sure. and then he goes, I am the enemy. <laughs> and it was great to hear him say that line. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she goes, well, 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 maybe he does. Maybe it's love. And he goes, he sold you to Humble Pie for 50 bucks in a case of beer. And she goes, yeah. goes but he goes, I was there. Oh, this scene. And again, I was there. And she breaks and she tries to talk, talk and she can't. And she turns around eventually and there's tears coming down. She goes, what kind of beer? And she's trying to make a joke of it. Yeah. <sighs> she's got I had this tears. beautiful big smile Not, with her tears as well. I had tears at this Not point. only are you rated as a... um as an object not only do you find out that you are a commodity but you actually know your price yeah i am worth 50 bucks in a case of beer yeah and before i can fully quantify that i need to know what kind of beer because there's different levels of beer heineken's more expensive than like miller light yeah yeah yeah. i'm sure that brings her much solace credit to her from here on in though absolutely yeah go to new york city um on the way in russell says hey kid we showed you america and did everything we could but get you laid he smiles <laughs> they go oh russell knows he's 15 yeah i know but right. it's 1973 it's different yeah. um penny it's not La- right but it's different penny lane shows up ha i think she wants to put the boot in She's can you hurt. can you translate that for me i have no idea what you what you mean okay i feel <laughs> like she wants the wife or girlfriend to know who she is and what she is. Really? Yeah. I think she can't help herself. Yeah. I don't think it's about the wife. I don't think it's about punishment. She is like a moth to a flame. And she knows he's going to be in New York at this time. It's difficult, isn't it? It's going to be... And he's always gone to her whenever she's been around. Well, he's invited her and she's come to him. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Okay. But whenever them two are about... Oh, always, she'll, 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 she'll leave a room and he'll follow. And this is... Do you know what I mean? Well, it almost yeah. happens. Because uh, we find out Rolling Stones made it a cover story. Uh, and they're going to do something over a mojo. Oh, it's only 18 minutes a page to transfer it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's one of those ha-ha-ha-ha-ha moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where Dwight Schrute's off to the side again. <laughs> I don't know how many days since his last nonsense, but he's there. Yeah. Um, we find out Alexa's on her way off to England. And she kisses, she, 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 she kisses William mm. for one last kiss. I mean, there's, Don't forget me. There's a lot of people who just make moves on people without, like, you know. Yeah. But I guess in her perspective, I slept with a guy. Well, I was part of a. I don't know if she could say I individually slept with him, but we were, <laughs> we were part of a situation where we, where we had a sexual experience. Yeah. Um, and so this is where I kind of went, no, I think she's into him. I think she feels about him, even though she calls him Opie. And do you guys get the reference Opie? Do you know what that's a reference to? No. No, Opie is the is the the character Ron Howard plays in something called the Andy Griffith Show. So before he did Happy Days, he did something called the Andy Griffith Show, yeah. where he plays the sheriff played by Andy Griffith, his son, who was like the oh squeaky clean paw American oh gee oh, okay. mom I'll be sure to do like basically he's your. I think character. I've heard him talk about this before. Yeah, so he's that yeah. guy. Oh, okay. so Richie, he's like Richie Cunningham, just younger and even more of a like innocent dork. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they call him Opie, like they're really saying you're like a child. Yeah, yeah. Um. 
and then uh, they f- band finds out the cover, cover of Rolling Stone, and they all start singing it on the cover of a Rolling Stone. Jason Lee's vocals in this. It's the only authentic local vocals he does in the film. Oh, okay. I don't know if you heard. He can't even sing this in tune. <laughs> he is dreadful in this. I like. like I know he's supposed dreadful. to be drinking, but he's like, I'm like, oh god. I I quite like it. Oh, <laughs> it was bad. But the whole time this is going on, like Penny is just staring a hole into Russell. Yeah, subtlety is not her strong suit. No. Nope. And <laughs> the wife storms. catches on and asks. Is she with one of you guys? And all of them go, yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> they really should have thought this through. Yeah, Penny yeah. shows up. I don't, it's the kids. They, I don't think they expect her to show up, though. Are you telling me that nobody... You got to get ahead of this. So once you realize she's there, someone's got to go, yeah. oh, and get up and, and see her. Yeah, but I don't... Yeah, they should have done. And so the, the manager, who's like the secondary manager, I guess now, the manager yeah, yeah, who yeah. Russell knew and is a friend, goes up and gets sent over to whatever, and she starts to cry. And Russell, like, he's got no poker face. He, like, stands up. He's, like, ready to run to her. He is, isn't he? Oh, jeez. Um, and so... And then we have a lovely bit where she runs out, and she's distressed. And, and of course, it's William who goes after her. And... Um, this is all over Elton John's Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's, which oh, okay. everybody talks a lot about the tiny dancer sequence, and you should. Yeah, I think this is not as, it's not as powerful, but it it, it should be talked it about is, more. It's, yeah, it's this is to me if I'm ranking like my, my favorite musical based sort of scenes. This is my number two, and it's, it's it's like really quite, and it's a bit where he's like running through and can't find her in the taxis, and he's staring, and eventually he goes up to the hotel room, trips in the hallway, <laughs> trips in the hallway, and then we have Penny Lane's suicide attempt yeah a quaalude overdose and as this is going on they cross cut this with his graduation ceremony yeah who and it's about sacrifice it is and unfortunately it's also about priorities but i also think that he'd rather be there with her than receiving his i felt bad for mom yeah and even though he's not there to get his degree um she's there to clap she's clapping and like no he deserves a full clap yeah yeah. not here. There was a, oh, oh, I was like, oh, come, come on. He's, he's just not there. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden it's like, you know, oh, we hear he cheated on all his work. <laughs> um, and the principal doing this uh, was also the same principal in the film Say Anything, which is the one with John Cusack oh, and the, the Boombox. Boombox, yeah. Both films directed by Cameron Crowe. Wow. So if you need a principal, he's your guy. He's your guy, yeah. And he also <laughs> says, what is this? Um, uh, someday in the future when we're all driving shiny electric cars yeah. in the 90s. In the sky. In the sky. <laughs> I'm like, okay, movie, I get it. You're yeah. having fun with the fact you can make false predictions yeah, based yeah, yeah. on what we all thought was in the case. Got it. And this was hard. Penny Lane is almost, they're almost dancing. She's like falling into his arms and he's almost dancing with her. Yeah. And she goes, why doesn't he love me? Mm. and then I got a problem with this one. Um, so do I. This is where William decides he's going to profess his love. Yeah, but she is she, she's virtually on death's door. She's literally on death's door. He's already called he's the paramedics. Advantage. And this is your moment. Like, even if she said, I love you too, it wouldn't even like, she no. wouldn't remember in the morning. No, no, I agree. And, and he it, starts by saying, Penny, wake up, which shows that she's clearly not yeah. with it. Yeah. And, then, and then he kisses him, kisses her. I'm yeah. about and to boldly go where many men have gone before. And he also says, like, who cares? You won't remember in the morning anyway. So it's like, what? What? <laughs> he fell a peg or two there for me. I don't know. I don't know what this yeah, was. Absolutely. I didn't really like this. Scene. I don't know what this was. No. I thought he was doing right by her, keeping her moving, keeping um, her up, right, keeping her going. And then that happens. And they come yes. in. 
and they stay there for the stomach pumping. Sorry, Ellie, I'll, I'll go back to you in a second. And I sat and went, oh, it's a fitting punishment for what he's done. He needs to watch her have her stomach pumped. Good. But then as whole time it's being pumped, you get my sherry and more. And it's like focusing on her calves and her feet. Uh. And you have a tube to a degree, but also these other things. And, the, and he's just staring so intently. And with that song, that we, get the, sexualized. we get the idea he's very that, he's, weirdly that sexualized. He's, he's smitten yeah. by this. Yeah. 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 And he's smiling. Yeah. It's creepy. <sighs> Don't like it. Weird. Uh, Elliot, I think I cut you off. What were you going to say? Um, oh, just the fact that when he says Penny, wake up, initially you might think, you know, he is doing a really good thing. Like Liam said, like trying to keep her awake and keep yeah, her with it. Yeah, and yeah. then it just goes down completely different. I need oh. you to be conscious because of something that might. And he kisses her. But do you think he'd do it because he knows he's not going to get anywhere with her? Which makes it even worse. No, I think I, he does it because he gets the bravery of knowing that and she's this not going like, remember. Yeah, this is his only chance because he's never going to be able to do it again. I think he's going home. She's going home. Like, this is it. And he's yeah. taking, I mean, they live in the same city, we're told, but yeah. whatever. Um, and the next day, they go for a walk, and Penny's real name is Lady Goodman. Lady Goodman, yeah. So I get why you come up with a fake name. Ladies are pretty stupid. For, sorry, if you your name Lady, I'm sorry, but it's a pretty stupid first name. Um, it's the title, isn't it? My dog was called Lady. That's a good name for a lady. It's fine. That's it's, quite different. Disney worked with that, yeah. Yeah. Because he goes, hey, lady. And she gets on the plane. <laughs> and Put, she don't turn around, but everyone else does. <laughs> puts her on a plane. And then, like, A, somehow he knows she's at the window. He's running. And, and planes never go, like, perfectly symmetrical to your terminal. They kind of, like, no. back out and they go the other way. <laughs> and he's running movies. and keeping up and, like, waving. Like, you can't see. I, I, I audibly went. I swore. I audibly went, like, this is no way this is happening. She might yeah. be able to see him, him but he, wouldn't but be able he to would see her. never be able to see her. No. I, I watched this, no. but when you said this, and you could see her. Well, especially because, well, that's even worse, because when you go to a plane and you sit there, more often than not, you're... Exactly, yeah. When you're sat back, you actually, have to, you actually have to lean forward and kind of out to do it, but she was, like, perfectly, like, She there. had her arm up the window, <sighs> and her face in the window, so... I was hoping he was going to eat a wall like that girl did earlier in the film with the <laughs> yeah. bus. Especially he almost does, he, 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 he like hits the window, yeah, but yeah. I was hoping he was just going to eat it. <laughs> or, like, run into some big guy who's going to, like, knock him off. Um, and then we go to the airplane, and they're, uh, this is a different airplane. This is the small airplane that they got on, on tour with. And we get turbulence, and they all start confessing things. <laughs> Dennis Hope, played by Jimmy Fallon, said, I hit a man once and left him to die. I'm not sure if he's alive or dead, and I hear his thoughts every day. Yeah. Uh, we find out that Jeff slept with Russell's wife. Someone screams out, it's all happening. Um, and then, so when Russell gets upset, he's like, well, you were sleeping with Penny until yesterday. And then William starts going, well, all of you used her. You used her and you threw her away. And I love her. I love her. I will say this. William is the only one who's keeping it cool until that point. Yeah. Everyone else is panicking. <laughs> and then you get the, dr- the drummer who says, I'm gay. <laughs> Not that's funny. Then immediately the turbulence stops. <laughs> also, the only line he says in the film. Really? Yeah. Remember, remember when he goes to get the interview and he's like, "Why do you like music?" and he's like shrugging his shoulders and just keeps yeah. like bopping along. Only line he wow. says in the whole film: "I'm gay." Wow. And then instantly, the turbulence is over, and you're like, "You're almost fallout." What do you What do you do with this? That's why I found funny. Not that he was gay, by the way. Now Seinfeld did the same joke in like the late '90s. I wonder if they ripped this off. Maybe. Well, the plane was going down. They all confess things, and then it levels out. And they're like, yeah. oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. And the turbine stops, and they kind of, whatever. And the airplane malfunction was near Tupelo, Mississippi. Yeah. Which you instantly went. 
That's where Elvis Presley was born. Elvis Presley was born. And I went, it could be a coincidence, or the fact this whole thing's about music. Mm -hmm. Probably not. Um, So... Where was the plane that came down with um, uh, Richie Valens and Buddy Holly? Where was that? I don't know. I think I was around that area. Okay. No, I'm sure. um, there is a feeling that this occurred, um, but this is a thinly veiled reference to the Leonard Skinner airplane crash in October 20th, oh, okay. 1977. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. However, another thing said Crow was involved in a near fatal plane crash while traveling with the Who. Chef Gordon reveals that Cameron Crowe was present on a jet plane with him and the other members of Alice Cooper's band as well. When severe turbulence hit the plane during a storm and a panic, one of the passengers yelled, we're all going to die. I need to confess something. And then told them, I've been sleeping with your wife. (laughs) (laughs) At which point the pilot told everyone on the flight, the plane was okay. They're landing safely, which caused an awkward silence for the rest (laughs) of the flight. Um, And also, apparently, when the plane first starts hitting turbulence, Russell starts to sing Peggy Sue. Which is a uh, reference, reference to Buddy, Buddy Holly. Yeah. And then Russell continues with Whoa Baby, a reference to the Big Bopper who dies oh, in the same Bopper, crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you know who was supposed to be on that plane? Waylon Jennings. Oh, that first one. Yeah, Waylon Jennings swapped his seat. Another with- interesting one, and I think this has got to play some of it as well. There's, there's an old, I believe this is, this is verified. I'm sure if you look it up, it is. Um, Aerosmith were apparently looking for flights, and their new accountant said, Okay, I'll look into it. And they said, well, we found one. We found one. He said, no, no, no. I insist. Let me go on the flight. Let's do a test run. And they went up and he did a test run with them. And about, you know, the crew's, I don't know, much more than 600 feet in the air, but they're, yeah. they're up there. And then the pilots start passing back and forth a bottle of Jack. Yeah. And he comes down and the accountant says, no. And they go, no, no, it's a great deal. He goes, no, we're not doing this. He goes, no, no. no. He says, look, if you do this, I quit. And then fine, we, we won't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's the same plan that went down with Leonard Skinner. Wow. Yeah. Credit to him then, eh? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not guarantee the same thing would have happened, but no, I think it, no, it shows no, it, show, yeah, yeah, it shows yeah. the type of business they were looking at, for sure. Absolutely. So um, we get the Tupelo, and William decides to leave the circus. And Russell tells him, write what you want. Um, he goes to Rolling Stone, and they hate the work that he's got. He says, give me a night. And he phones Lester, and Lester tells him to be honest and unmerciful again, and the band reacts, and they don't like the story. And Jeff Beebe's going, I dig music. The chicks are great. I sound like a douche. I never said any of that. And of course, we've heard these are all lines he has, he said, has said them yeah. throughout the film. Um, and then Jimmy Fallon comes up, um, Jesse Pope, and he's got two items in his hand. He's got a, a Zippo lighter in one and a closed fist over the other. Mm. And he says, which one do you want more? Because he's talking about the importance of having mystique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one do you want more? And they go, uh, and they don't answer, but I think the answer is pretty clear. And he goes, look, and he opens his hand. There's nothing in it. And he goes, as long as it stays closed, this is always the hand. That, this is always the one you want is the one you can't have. Yeah. And so it's important about keeping your mystique. So they phone and so say. Clever. So yeah, clever. So they phone and say, never happened. And they, and they crap all over his story and he gets killed. But it's a metaphor for Penny Lane as well, isn't it? Mm. The one you can't have is the one you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess so. Um, I think uh, I think Will will be just fine having her. <laughs> I don't, wouldn't that be something like a week later? He's like, I'm tired of you, Penny. Uh, and then we have a return of a sister who just happens to be rocking by where Will is. Stops him. And I guess she quits. <laughs> it seems like it. That's the general feeling. Um, he says, let's have an adventure. Anywhere you want to go, anywhere you want. And the answer to that is back home. Mom looks at them and hugs the daughter. 
and oh, Will goes back quit. in. She's on a she's on a dead eye. She says she's on a dead eye. She says I'll do it the next day, but then she decides I'm gonna take some vacation time. Oh, okay. Yeah, but then yeah. we see her. She doesn't leave again. She stays. Oh, yeah, it looks yeah. like she stays. Yeah. And this part wasn't true. Mom and sister never reconciled. Oh, that's sad. That is sad. Um, oh, you liked that scene. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I think if we can just enjoy the movie for the movie. I liked, I liked how um, William pushed her. And just, it just, go, it just goes to the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah go on. Just, just get on. And the it. mom says, I forgive you. And she goes, I didn't apologize. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's a heart to heart between Jeff and Russell. And they both admit we don't like each other. But do we have to? Yeah. That's an interesting thing. Because all the great partnerships hate each other. Because Russell's not going to become any less talented. No. But I guess the idea of it, what... Um, what Jesse Pope sort of says, or Jesse Pope, maybe Jimmy Fallon's character. You know, oh, yeah, this, yeah. this isn't going to be forever. You got to take the money you can get when you can get it. Yeah. Like how many bands break up and think they can relaunch a second band and don't do anything. True. Yeah. So, um, and then um, basically Russell finds out shortly after that William's the one who saved Penny's life. And he goes, wow. And this other groupie who was around, goes yeah and everyone also knows what you did to william yeah everybody knows and russell phones penny and he goes oh i uh, i'm never as good as i am when when, when i'm with you I see, I see myself through your eyes let's say all the things we never said give me your address i'm coming to you this time it's because he feels her energy yeah and he's braver in her presence because of the way what she gives him i think he's a schmuck he is a schmuck but he he <laughs> he leeches off of her yeah uh, she gives it to him, but if you notice, she checks her she checks her diary or she notebook does. or whatever it is yeah, first, yeah, her day yeah. planner. Clever. I love this about her. And so then we go back, and Russell goes to the door, and uh, he opens it up, and he doesn't recognize, of course, it's Will's house or Will's mother. And did you guys notice it was the house, or did you guys think that was Penny Lane's house when he's walking up? No, I, I called that as soon as he oh, really? out of the car. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ellie? No. Okay. Yeah, because I the first time I saw it, I took they totally got me. I didn't pick up on it. Not until she came to the door. No, when she comes to the door, and I put two yeah, two together. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my god, it's his sister, <laughs> <laughs> his other sister in the other room. Um, but she, but Russell's like, what? Who are you? She goes, you know what? When we spoke, I felt that we connected. Yeah. And there's a soft acoustic version of Tiny Dancer in the background, it's and nice. this was just nice. It is nice. And she says, I think you owe my son an apology, and I appreciate you showing up. And he's like, well. Yes, yes, ma'am. I I felt so too, and I'm like, no, because it wasn't earned. Like, yes, it's no. clever that Penny Lane does this, but Ru- would Russell have ever done this if she didn't force his hand? No. <sighs> and then then the daughter as well when she's looking at him. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, this is this guy. From- yeah, this is a guy from this band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, he goes into the bedroom and finds uh, William, wakes him up, and says, uh, "I think we both wanted to be with her, and she just wanted us to be together." Yeah. And he goes, "I never even knew her real name." At which point, then, of course, William gets to have something. Something that he doesn't know. Because so far, up to this point so far, it was sort of Russell had everything that he wanted. In that teenage, I just, I just want to be with her. Because if I could be with her, that would be the same as knowing her soul or something like that. Yeah. But actually, we find out that William knows all her secrets. Knows her name, knows her age, knows where she's from, all that. He knows her address, I'm sure. And that's something that he gets. He just smiles. and doesn't, And he doesn't tell Russell. He keeps that victory to himself. Uh, we do find out that Russell phoned Rolling Stone and attracted it. And then William's like, I'm going to get my interview. And he says, what do you love about music? And Russell goes, to begin with? And there's a laugh. And the laugh, and I don't feel it was a joke that paid off for the audience, is that Stillwater's fictional first album was called To Begin With. Uh-huh. It's referenced early. She says, what do you love uh-huh. music? He went, to begin with? Yeah. He goes, 
everything. So that's why he laughs there. But I felt for the audience, if I didn't know that for my research, I wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't have got that either. So we have a quick coda. No, I did not pick that up. We have a quick coda. They're back riding the buses in the No More Planes Tour 74. (laughs) We cut to the family. They're all healed. The daughter's back at home. Rolling Stone magazine has run with uh, William's story. Penny Lane is off to Morocco. I love that. And if you stick through the closing credits, you will hear the needle coming off the end of the record at the oh, end of it. So nice. the whole film was a song. Uh, was the soundtrack to their life. Exactly. Just some tidbits. Uh, Cameron Crowe created, directed, and released a music video to the Stillwater song Fever Dog following the release of the movie. Cool. In 2015, Cameron Crowe told Vanity Fair that he intended for Almost Famous to end on Francis McDermott's character playing the family Neil Young's On the Way Home but in the end decided not to hear that song or her dialogue and instead let the sequence live in a montage as the Stillwater bus drives away to the sound of Led Zeppelin's Tangerine. I prefer that. Yeah, he said that song was more eloquent in the summary of the movie than any spoken words. Yeah. And that is our film. It is. I I got a lot of problems. I do too. But despite this, I still really like this movie. I love this movie I I, I don't know how to justify this, but I still really like this movie. I, I, I was crying at places. I was... So with it, but like you, there are things I have about this movie. But you know, I'd still love this movie. There's parts of this movie I could see coming up on our worst of list. Oh yeah, like there's there's a, there's a few things I'm like, yeah, I don't know how yeah, you can yeah. avoid this. But again, you got we do at it from 2020 eyes, 2021 yeah. eyes. You know, and I have an issue with the fact that Penny Lane is 16 and says she's retired. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At what but, age did she start? Do you know what? I was I was watching a. Um, That's a very good point. Thank you. I watched <gasps> exactly, and she knows everybody. It's not just Stillwater. No, 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 I know. But this was this was. I watched a documentary on the Eagles, and they actually even joke about it back then. Yeah, I, I know. We can't. We can't assume you know? people in 1974 live 2020 morals. We can't. Yeah. So. I'm um, not saying that's right, and I'm not forgiving them in any way. No. But it was a period. But it, it it was there. It was present. This yeah, is it was. Yeah, this yeah. is if. <laughs> It wouldn't. I mean, the idea of not having groupies and not realizing who the age of those groupies may have been and that, 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 I mean, that would be inaccurate. Yeah. Even though I still think Anna Paquin looks really young. Really young. Um, okay, so we know how I feel. We know how Liam feels. Georgia? I would much rather see the version of this film that was 40 minutes shorter. Um, I think it was almost interesting, um, but N- there just wasn't done. enough of yeah. it. There just isn't enough substance to fill two hours and 40 minutes. It's too long. Oh, see, I was oh, really okay with it. I was okay with it. No, I got fed up with like the stringing him along for like five different cities. I'm like, no, I got the point after two. Yeah. Like, uh, it, there was just too much of it that was just the same thing in a different city. And is, I got bored of it quite quickly. Is, is, is that a theme? This is the rock star lifestyle. It's just a different thing, in, in, in the same thing in a different city. Yeah, it is every single time. I think, yeah, and I think that's okay. as, the, as an artistic piece of a representation of a rock star lifestyle. Great as an entertaining film. Too long. All right, Ellie. Um, I think it's a really good film, but it's not my kind of film. So I, yeah, I can well, appreciate yeah. it. You know the qualities that it has, but it's it is a very slow, slow burn kind of film. Um, I prefer something a bit more fast paced, something a bit grittier, perhaps. And the thing, the other thing is that, like, none of the characters actually kind of, although they sort of go on a journey, they end back in the same place that they started, with the exception of Anita, the sister. Well, technically, she is back in the same, oh, exactly I... the same place as she started, but at least she's kind of gone on a journey and, like, had a repaired relationship with her mum. Whereas everyone else is just kind of back where they were. 
Penny Lane. Unless you count Penny being in Morocco. Well, Penny's decided she's to live for on. herself as yeah, opposed to other moved, people. She's moved on. Uh, but do you not think that, that mom has, has gone underneath an arc in a transformation? She's ridiculously uh, more tolerant yeah, by the end. Yeah, she she is. Well, although, as you said at the start, is it just kind of looking at her through the eyes of her children or has she always been like that? Like, I think she's a great mom. Yeah, but she's more tolerant of her children. Yeah. And the fact that her children are she, going to live in knows. ways different to her. She does yeah. learn how to go, I don't agree with it, but I will, I will, I will let yeah. you live your lives. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I'm getting at is that the changes are subtle. All right. It's not, um, it's not like this massive journey and, you know, huge transformations. It's just kind of so, character so, tweaks. So if they'd like come the home and it. mom was in, like the kiss makeup and was like, yeah, <laughs> rock and rock roll. roll. <laughs> <laughs> then, it's, then it's easy to decipher. <laughs> um, you know, it's time for that. Let's do this a little bit, if we may. We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. So let's talk money, 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 money. Not mm. the $1,000 that he was getting paid to write about. Hopefully when his thing went from 1,000 to 2,000 words, his money went up as well. Yeah, you'd think so. Well, I think it went from 3,000 to 4,000, didn't it? Oh, right. It was 1,000 words on blacks. I have no idea what it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was yeah, freaking was out because he'd never written that much yeah. before. Yeah. As someone who's written a 10,000 like word essay overnight, like 4,000 words. <laughs> Walk in the park. It much. I mean, granted, you're on a typewriter. There is that. Yeah. yeah. But like, come on, you got time. <laughs> um. So, um. Kind of. Let me tell you what the budget was. Sixty million dollars. Wow. That's more than I thought. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Three and a half for music. Uh, yeah. I mean, the stars are. Yeah. Sixty million. What do you think it brought home? What do I what? Sorry. What do you think it made? The same question I ask every time when we're doing this segment. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, make his money back. Okay. I'm going to say 80. 80. Okay. Georgia? 120. And Ellie? Oh, I was going to say 120 as well. 150. 47. Wow. Loses money. Shit. Loses money. Wow. In 2000, you know know what it's, it's lacking? Go on. This is where Brad Pitt would have been handy. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's lacking star power. Star power, yeah. Because Kate Hudson's not a thing, and they made her the cover image of the of the, of the poster as well. Yeah. But can I just say, um, for lasting and longevity, I'm glad they didn't pick him. No, but yeah, and also looking back, it's got star power. Yeah, it has. If you yeah. look back, yeah, huge yeah. star power. Yeah. But at the time, no, no star power. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the closest she got was Frances McDermott, who'd been in Fargo. Yeah, but she wasn't like she was just that woman from Fargo. Like you don't know who she is. I, I, I argue. One? country for all men or something no she's not in that she's not in that no and that hadn't come out yet either that's oh, 2007 okay. Oh, okay. i've not seen it i don't know that's oh, fantastic we will do it at some point okay cool um so um russell not russell crowe jeez camera crowe <laughs> told entertainment <laughs> weekly his theory as to why almost famous failed to capture bigger off box office he said our movie about 1973 got its ass kicked by a movie from 1973 because the exorcist re-released oh okay but, but that's <laughs> bull that's bull. Because you know what? There's more yeah. than one movie screen. There is. Yeah. There is. But I remember that being a big thing. What, Exorcist? Yeah. The re- well, the re- sure, yeah. The re- yeah but, that. I do remember that I mean, being a big I just, thing. I just think people because didn't. Because that was banned for so long, wasn't it? I, I don't remember seeing the trailer. I don't know what the what the Exorcist story. Yeah. Nah, I have no idea. I think that's a magic release. But, yeah. you know, this. I mean, well, what's the story you put on? The th- it's about a young 15-year-old kid who you've never seen going on with this fictional rock band. What's the? I I, I think I mean, it's really difficult for a casual who doesn't know how great the film is yeah, yeah, to jump in. See, I'm 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 all about the music, so for me, I was on board from day yeah. one. So uh, it gets nominated for two Oscars, 
Sorry, he's nominated for four Oscars. Okay. Two of them for acting. And one of guess? Kate Hudson? Yes. Francis McDermott? McDermott? Yes, those were two. Okay, cool. They both get nominated for Best Supporting Actress. They don't win. Okay. I didn't check to see who did. That was a mistake on my part. Um, but it does win an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Cameron Crowe wins for that. It also, I think, is nominated for Best Editing or something like that. But oh, yeah. Okay. It wins two Golden Globes, one for Best Comedy, and it wins, Kate Hudson wins for that as well. Oh, good, good. Sorry, it's best, mus- it's best Musical or Comedy. It's not a musical, oh, okay. but yeah, you have yeah. to put it in either drama in, yeah, or yeah. That's, they, they chose to go comedy musical with it. Oh, okay, yeah. And it wins two BAFTAs, one for Best Screenplay, one for Best Sound. Oh, so okay, it yeah, does yeah. well. It yeah, does well. It, it, and it is an Oscar contender that year. It, it's one of the films you heard about. It doesn't get a Best Picture nomination, but it does. It, it, it's, it's up there. You, you hear enough about it. And so. I remember there was a lot of buzz about it for me to watch it. Sorry, Elia? The um, best supporting actress or best actress in supporting role was Marsha Gay Harden in Pollock. Never seen it. Me either. Marsha Gay Harden's really good in many things. Did you know who she is? Nope. She's she's really good. She was in Newsroom amongst other things. She's oh, she, you recognize her face if you saw her. Oh, okay. Um, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't even recognize it if it was me. Don't <laughs> <laughs> um, Whose story is it? Penny Lane's. <laughs> it could definitely be Penny Lane's story. Yeah. I, I followed her story through this. I mean, it's William. It's William's it's, story. It's William's story mainly. Is there anybody else yeah. we can make an argument for? It's his mother's story. Yeah. Or um, uh, Billy R- Russell. Russell. Yeah, Russell. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the, the movie tells us it's William's. It's William's story. They tell us. <sighs> but like, I will definitely give you Penny Lane. Yeah, definitely. She gets her intro, her intro pretty early into this film. <sighs> And she gets one of the closing moments. I'm cool with it being Penny Lane's story. Same. And finally going, because everybody else kind of stays on the path they're on, as Ellie was saying, but she kind of definitely diverts hers and goes to Morocco. And okay, great. What pie in the sky idea do you have for this? But all right. Yeah. You get to go to. It was a fantasy though. It was a fantasy. So now it's. a fantasy being made real. Yeah. Um, It's just whether she acts any differently when she's there, I suppose. You don't really know how much of a character transformation she's gone or whether she's she's just taken the next leap. I think she's grown because she she could have easily had um, Russell come over to her and she doesn't. Was there enough sex and drugs in this film? No. For a film that follows a 15-year-old, definitely. (laughs) You don't have to have the camera follow him into those rooms. Not him, no. But, no, I, I I know, but I struggle to separate the two yeah, because right. it is so focused but on. Let's him. remember this. Okay, there is a scene. Like, there's a scene where Kate Hudson is topless, right? Yeah, and she's sitting there yep. in, ju- in just her underwear, and they're playing like Scrabble or something like that. Ludo, I think. Oh my word! That's not rock and roll. Like, I'm that's like, not what they that's, done. Th- that's not that part isn't rock and roll. No, no. Not that I'm asking you have to be doing lines of coke off the table, but no. it would be more believable than that scene was. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Oh, I, I, like. There's no, there's very little alcohol being passed around. Like yeah, yeah. They, they, they stop by the thing and they get a case of beer for the bus. Like <laughs> these, are, these, these are the nicest rock stars. <laughs> yeah. And there's lots of waking up in the hotel. No, I don't need to see gratuitous scenes with these guys, but I could use seeing them sort of like falling into motel rooms yeah. in the evening. And maybe a scene where there's some noise coming through the wall and you see William like put the pillow on his head because yeah. he's trying to drown it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and you can add the sound in post, but you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like the idea of it, yeah, this yeah. is a kid in a man's world. Exactly. Yeah. He's an ultimate, as opposed to just, oh, he's just a nice, squeaky, clean guy. Oh, look. Oh, when the mics go off, we just sort of say things <laughs> when the guy's sleeping. Oh, that's cute. I don't know. That was, is it, it, I don't know. Um, here's a fun one. Go on. Roll of women. Well. Complex. Very complex. complex. Mm-hmm. 
What do you mean, Georgia? Well, you get William's mum, who is very educated, very strong woman, who appears to be bringing them up by themselves um, and is controversial in the way she's bringing up her children, but I can't say she's doing it particularly badly. And then you flip all the way over to the Band-Aid girls, who are there of their own volition, but they are being used. They are very young. You wonder when they started and how they got into it. And it kind of gives you a bit of a kind of feeling about the whole thing. I mean, this comes back to Kate Hudson's uh, statement that, um, you know, these women, you see the sadness in their eyes. Mm -hmm. But in the same breath, she says they knew what they were signing up for, which is interesting. Uh, Age of consent in the United States is, is 18. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. So over mm-hmm. here, 16, isn't it? Yeah, 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 So, like... Oh, okay. Like, different. Like, it's illegal. Full stop. Okay. So, when we're talking about like, different things. different times and different... But, but yeah, also, yeah, yeah. it's... So, why do you say age unknown? Oh, okay. But, again, part of the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it, it's... I don't know. Ellie, what do you think about role of woman in this? can't really add any more than what george said i think that's spot on really uh, i like the character we didn't talk about this in this element these uh, the character of her sister i thought her sister, yeah yeah I who thought. i thought made her own decisions decided to leave and then decides to come back yeah yeah of her own choices and yeah like like yeah will says she goes anywhere you want and he chooses home but they still reconcile he leaves and the two of them reconcile their own accord yeah so it passes yeah. the Bechtel test, theoretically. I'm not sure if it's a conversation. Well, there's a conversation. There's a few there's arguments, but it counts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Penny Lane is complex. Yeah, very complex. Um, we have the... Because at the end, she she triumphs for herself. Yeah. Anna Paquin's character is complex. Not complex. Sorry. she's she's Anna Paquin's character's got... got uh, agency and that third girl the girl who I don't remember the one who calls Russell the task and catering yeah, 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 yeah. and goes no you should do this we all know what you did by the way look at these new girls not even fans of the music and that sort of which I thought was an interesting and they keep sort eating of all the steak yeah, yeah. Also, well the idea being, <laughs> that was Georgia well the idea the idea is though you leave the state if you're here to, to service and I don't mean that only in a sexual connotation no. but if you're there to support the band the steak goes to the musicians they need because they eat all the steak not steak they eat all the steak and that means there's none for the band yeah and I think her role she doesn't have any steak on her plate her role was to eat the stuff the band won't be eating because she didn't want something it's in service of them yeah because you're fans of the music so you make sure the band is okay yeah so yeah, I want to get the girls because I, I don't really know what to do with this one because and, the same breath the girls like and at the beginning um, they say about um, Penny Lane changing the way groupies are yeah but she's lying well yeah to a she, point. she goes off with russell and they're sleeping together like there's no yeah but yeah. she's not sleeping with um other parts well no they're things. exclusive but until where before that it probably been all how much of what other. penny lane says can we trust you can't Ex- exactly right you me can't. too <laughs> um so i like her so the, <laughs> but let me let's not forget this is the, the guy and, and we forgive russell at the end, when he's playing in Stillwater, we're like, oh, good for them. He sells a woman for $50 in a case of beer. Yeah, true. I didn't forgive him. I don't care what year <laughs> this is. That's f***ed <laughs> up. He yep. didn't want to, though. But he still did. <laughs> he still did. There was he didn't exactly put up a fight. It was, the, it was the pressure of the band. Oh, there's a pressure of his, <laughs> of, of, his, of his missus is what it is. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, so best character. 
Penny Lane. By far. Penny Lane, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, for me. I I really like Mum. Yeah, I, I hear you yeah, on that. Mum. And for a cameo, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, he's great. In his small role. Phenomenal. Yeah, I, like, I like the guy who played the, the, the guy at Rolling Stone. Oh yeah, 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 not 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 Dwight Schrute, who George didn't realize, but the guy who was like the guy who was like, <laughs> oh, we're gonna put you on. Oh, here, yeah, Ben Ben Torres Fong or Ben yeah, Fong Torres, yeah yeah, 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 really liked him. I thought he was good. Um, I didn't think too much of Jimmy Fallon, if I'm honest. Oh, I really did. I really did. Uh, mm. All from him, like the the, the 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 pitch he gives in the room. Oh, I like that pitch. Him on the plane, but him as a character, and then him with the with no, but he's not supposed to be likable. Oh, okay, he's excellent yeah, at playing yeah, a slime ball. Yeah, true, true. But I like Jimmy Fallon he, as a person. But mm. like, I don't think that like you. I, I forget very quickly. It's Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, right. I was yeah, like, wow, yeah, you're yeah. a slime ball. Yeah, yeah. Big so, time. so Liam, who's who's my choice? Your choice is the mother. No, no, no. Uh, she, I, I did really like her. I'd give her an honorable mention if I could, but yeah. But it's going to be... Russell. No. Okay, oh. she's guessing it. No, you get one guess. <laughs> it's going to be Kate Hudson. Oh, okay, cool. I think she steals the movie. She does. To think she originally was going to be some, a different character. Like, yeah, good good yeah, on her. Yeah. I'm going to give an honorable mention to Jason Lee, who I think is great in this, he as is. the insecure second guy who just chips away and chips away and ends up being a diva. And then they finally have to come up with the piece of, I don't like you, you don't like me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we're so much better together than we, than we are apart. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Uh, favorite moment, favorite element? Right, my favorite element. Oh, Liam was taking notes, guys. Yeah. This was huge. Oh my goodness. There's a podcast wow. first. <laughs> okay, so my favorite bits are the heart-rendering bits. So it's when Penny Lane is at the end of the concert, sitting down in that room when everything is finished post concert yeah and she's on her own and she's dancing around with herself like georgia said earlier we can relate to that and yep. we understand that and my other bit was the bit where her and william and he goes but he sold you for 50 dollars and beer yeah and that bit where she holds it back but there's tears in her eyes i just there are more she, tears in your eyes than in her eyes. I'll say she that. She floored me. Bless you. Yeah. yeah, she floored me. You, you know, you really connected with that. Yeah, I really, really did, and that's why I like. And I connect with her character because when I was younger, I was very um, fantasizing about different things and going off places and doing things and all these elaborate things that I really, really wanted to do. And I felt that free spirit in her from when I was a child and when I was that age. You know, so oh, I, that's I, I connected with that character because I connected with William. Oh, okay. I connected more with her. The idea of, of I, I, I was a very... <laughs> what? You can tell what kind of teenagers you guys were. Oh, I was very awkward. <laughs> I, I really was a very awkward and probably very heavily... My, my mom um, probably raised me very... Conservative is the right word, yeah, but yeah. very... She was very afraid of the outside influences, I think, looking back. And yeah. therefore, I was very naive. That's a good way to put it. I was very naive. Mm -hmm. And so I think I relate to William and the idea of him being over his head and going, whoa, this is a whole new world. And is it all necessarily bad just because it's not what I was exposed to? Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Out of curiosity, girls, did you feel connection to any character personally? George is still trying to figure out the answer to the friends one from earlier. So. Sorry, I cut out. Uh, Liam and I were sort of sharing that we felt we we felt personally aligned to certain characters. Yeah, Liam said he felt connected to Kate Hudson's character. I said I felt more like William. I'm just wondering if you guys happen to feel sort of like you saw any of yourself in any of the characters. I think I was a weird mix of the two of them, honestly. The like wonder and lightheaded kindness of Kate Hudson's character mixed with the 
more just watching and seeing what's going on before doing anything yeah. of William, I think. I mean, as an oh, jumping as an adult, I think when I'm having a good stride, and I think things are going well for me. Like I'm Russell, I'm a Greek god. <laughs> there's, there's elements of that where I'm like euphorically like like confident in myself, and then other times I'm the bitter guy on the side. Like I can be, I imagine I can be very Jason Lee. So yeah. I saw Edelson have a few characters, but the one I didn't is not Kate Hudson. I just don't think I have that free that free spirit thing. Just isn't my oh, I so felt that isn't my thing. Yeah, uh, Ellie, any, anything you want to? Um, only a little bit from from William and and um penny respectively but i can definitely see myself turning into a williams mum yeah you can <laughs> yeah yeah i hear something like that uh, just don't stop you asked you asked me at the start which no. friend's character i yeah. would be and i think she's quite a moniker yeah ju- just don't start uh, accosting poor random guys putting up signs at christmas that's all yeah so- i n- well <laughs> no but um, you're about I, to say you wouldn't do that and then have to stop and think yeah, didn't you? <laughs> I, basically yeah if, if I, wouldn't, ever, if if, I don't have out, a problem with xmas it's the idea of like grammar on signs that's wrong really if, really irritates me if you've um, ever been out with ellie at like a restaurant when like they don't put the cheese on her garlic bread or something like that like 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 <laughs> like like stuff, oh they know stuff, they find out about stuff it. <laughs> not even cheese like ba- if it's not basil basil however you pronounce it, was, it like okay st- it was basil st- on a weatherspoons pizza <laughs> and i ordered it because it, i wanted it was, basil stuff's going back that's all i'm saying <laughs> the pizza went back uh, georgia we, we were talking favorite moment or element of the film before we got a little bit off to the side so do you have one um probably yeah the bits with the bits with penny when she's not with the band so it's very few bits but the stuff where she's just with william or she's by herself and she's more relaxed it seems it seems that she's more she's more adult when she's around the adults she's more herself more of a child when she's around the child when she's around the other child and that's that's nice to see okay ellie um my favorite scene was the the fight scene between william and penny as well and i guess particularly that reaction from penny with the the tears and the smile and the what kind of beer and i just mm. found that one really moving yeah okay i'm gonna shoot a little bit just say quickly the use of licensed music and this is fantastic it is and that's gonna segue into my favorite scene uh no one's talked about it yet. i can't believe it uh tiny dancer on the bus yeah yeah i agree but oh. yeah, I, no no but hang on i, I could have named like 15 scenes yeah, i really yeah, could have and this is, the, this is the problem i have with this film there's certain areas i go i have a problem with this or a problem with this or a yeah, problem yeah, with this yeah. or a problem with this i don't like russell but there's like 15 scenes i'm like that's a damn good scene yeah 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 I, I really have so the fight between Russell and the mom on the phone. Yeah. The bit where he shows up and like she's like owning him. Yeah. Uh, the lovely relationship between Zoe Deschanel and and and, and William. The, and then, the scene where they fight. The scene in the ballroom. And then the scene. I loved with, Zoe Deschanel in this. Yeah. With William and um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, William and, Seymour, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. That was great. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. The plane crash. Yeah. You know, there's so many great scenes in this. There is. Even down to that little stupid, I'm just the lead singer in the band. <laughs> and, and that dynamic of watching them sort of spiral and get further yeah, apart yeah, yeah. or whatever the case might be, like magnets that are going to eventually reject each other. Absolutely. There's so much good stuff in this. I agree. So um, here we go. This should be an easy one. Um, a grumble. Okay. My grumble, my biggest grumble, was William taking advantage of Penny Lane while she was out of it on Quaaludes. And she was almost dying, and he takes his takes advantage of her. That bit I found hard. Um, I don't like how young the girls are, and of, of course other 
scenes, but I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave them in. Can I piggyback off something just really quickly? Okay. My next, the, the, the issue with the Quaaludes, and that's what I'm pumping. My issue is the next day when they're walking and she's like, my real name's this. And we're told he's forgiven. Yeah, exactly. And I There's no ramifications. We got told he's the, the movie says he's a hero. I know, but he's not. And he's not. And he's not. But he's that's, not. A, that, that's a continuation of that same point. Just I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Because Cameron Crowe tells us instantly he's a good guy. <laughs> so I wonder how semi-autobiographical is this? Mm, yeah. I'm curious about that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Georgia. Um, mine is the age of the kids because they're children. Okay. And I can't get past that. Um, I think I would much rather have enjoyed this film. One, if it was the 40-minute shorter version because I struggled with the length of this. And two, if they were, I know it's semi-autobiographical, that word, yep. um, but scale them up to 18 so it's at least legal and they're not children. <sighs> that I really struggle with. I, I, is a, I, I'm sure oh, it's okay. accurate to its time and all these things, but I'm just going for viewing enjoyment, which is what I want out of my film. I don't want to be inco- uncomfortable for almost three hours. I want to enjoy the film and I feel like I would have enjoyed it a lot more if that wasn't just hanging over it, yep. the whole film. But yeah. Ellie. Consent just doesn't exist in this film. Um, it, there were two scenes in particular that made me feel really uncomfortable. One was the one where William loses his virginity and the other one was when he kisses Penny Lane when she's unconscious. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with mine. Um, I don't like Russell. <laughs> no. I don't like Russell. Are you supposed to? Oh, Yes. I'm supposed to forgive him at the end. I'm supposed to understand why he's got hero worship for this guy. I'm supposed to, in some degree, because you mind, how do they present Russell's girlfriend? Russell's girlfriend is presented as a shrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Straight yeah. hair, serious, judgmental. Yeah, so yeah. I'm supposed to be pulling for him, which is weird. Why am I pulling for him and Kate Hudson? Forget the age difference, which just for a moment. I'm yeah, not justifying yeah, yeah, yeah. it. But like, William's in love with her. So like, who am I supposed to be rooting for in this film? Exactly. That's confusing. So I really struggle mm. with it. At the end, I'm supposed to go. I think the film does, does tell me, hey, it's all good now. Yeah. And I'm going... I don't think it is. Nope. And I just don't like Russell. And for this film to work, I have to like Russell because I, I'm definitely not supposed to like Jeff. Yeah. So in that case, Russell, because it works, movies work on something called binary opposites. There's two choices and yeah. choose this one or that one. So if it's not Jeff, it's got to be Russell. Mm-hmm. Right. But then, but then Russell's, R- Russell's terrible. Yeah, he is. And that really inf- has an issue with how I present. Cause at moments I go, I understand his charm. I understand the charm. Good performance by Billy Crudup, though. I don't know. I think that was a good performance because I would have rather not had Brad Pitt. I'm glad he was in it. I think it's well written. I I, I think he had an aura and a presence about him. Yeah, okay. Um, I do. Um, but like you, I you don't you're not really. I weren't really rooting for him. I, is, didn't, I didn't forgive him. Is this anybody's best role ever? Billy Crudup. <laughs> Billy Crudup. I don't really know him from anything else. Kate Hudson as well because Kate Hudson without a doubt she does like throwaway movies now it's a shame because she became like a rom-com person instead but she's got real acting chops in this absolutely and to peak so early yeah yeah um Francis McDermott is better in other things (laughs) three billboards three billboards Fargo (sighs) burn after reading but she's just incredibly talented phenomenal uh Jason Lee probably the best thing I've seen him in oh no I quite like the old Kevin Smith movies (laughs) Oh, no, he's better in this than he is in those. Um, I mean, Jimmy Fallon's a bit part. Yeah. Zoe yeah. Deschanel's done better things. 500 Days of Summer, she's better in that. 
Oh, I'm not seeing that. Oh, it's very good. Love that film. Yeah, she's better in that. Uh, is there anybody else who's a main player? I've never saw the guy who plays William again, but as far as I know. No. Um, um, he's in Gone Girl. Who is? Young kid. William. Oh, wow. Is he? Yeah. Who is he? He's a, uh, he's like the police officer. Oh, okay. So he hasn't really turned this... So it's not this, a massive part. He hasn't turned this... No. <laughs> I don't think he's that good in this. But he doesn't have to be. He's just the avatar. He's the one that yeah, we sort he's of... The, he's the one that we all... I don't know. I imagine he's the one that guys impress themselves upon. Maybe not Maybe not you. But I think he's the one the majority of us... Like, he's the journey. and We live vicariously through him. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we yeah. experience that. And, and there is also that thing about what happens when you meet your heroes and your heroes end up being flawed human beings. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of that in this. Um... So I guess we're just kind of at this point here. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? And what is our age again? So this is the time where uh, basically I show how bad I am at guessing people's ages compared to George and Liam. So you did it right last time. <laughs> yeah, last time. <laughs> Not, I know she didn't go. You're better than that. No, no. Last, 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 there, there. Last time you were okay. <laughs> so Ellie, uh, who do we have? So firstly, William. So Patrick Fugit. Oh, he's gonna be older than he looks. I'm yeah. gonna jump in early and say, "Oh, but he's voiced the brick wall." I'm gonna go. Oh shoot! I'm gonna go 15. He's 15. I'm gonna say he's 15. I'm gonna say 16. I'm gonna go 16. That's interesting about the voice breaking thing. It's he's 18. Wow! Wow! wow. Okay. Actually, actually, that, 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 that could be really creepy to do that scene with the girls if he's underage. Exactly. And you said, yeah, yeah, 18 is the age, isn't it? Yeah. That could be. I mean, you can do stuff if your parents are on set. So famously, I think it's an American Beauty. Oh, um, with Mina Savari. No, I don't no. know if it's Mina Savara or it's the girl who plays. I think it's the girl who plays his daughter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think she's underage and she takes her top off and the parents had to be on set for that. Oh, okay. Because they don't want to make sure that she wasn't being exploited. Now, say what you will. I think you've got a kid under the age of consent you know, taking her top off on film. I'm pretty sure that's pretty rough. That's, that's a no-no. That's, it? yeah. But yeah, that, that, that's something like even, that had to be the case. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there was that. Um, Penny Lane. Kate, Kate Hudson. Hudson. I'm um, going to go, go ahead. You know, you go first. 23. 21. Mm, 19. She is 21. Wow. wow. See, I have an affinity with this character. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Russell, Penny Crudup. Oh, 34, 30, 28, 32. Oh, oh. Say 32. Well, we're, we're split. Yeah. The, this is as good as it gets yeah. for me. I share them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff, Jason Lee, Jason Lee, 30, 33, 32. 30. Well done, Liam. I, I give up. <laughs> I'm, doing, um, <laughs> I'm doing badly as well. Uh, I've got Lester, so Philip Seymour Hoffman. Ooh. 38. 40. Mm. 42. He's only 33 in this. Wow. This wow. blew my mind. How old was Billy, I was like, how old was Billy Crudup? Billy Crudup was, was, was 30, 32. 32. 32, yeah. And Bill <laughs> a year older? Shut yeah. up. I know. He looks quite old, doesn't he? This is, yeah, um, he did. I think, I think probably, if he's that age now, when I first saw him in Twister, he would be like 20. Like He's looked 40 since he was turned 18. That he was a drug yeah. addict, wasn't he? Before yeah, acting. Yeah, true. You're not wrong. Mm. You know, and oh, before acting? Before the acting. Oh, really? He was, he was a drug addict. Yeah. Okay. He and then, he, like then he was it, sober yeah. and then went back off the. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh. So he, he, he was a, a, 
a rags to riches type story. Yeah, about to, yeah. That's a shame. Um, Francis McDermott, mum? Sorry, McDormand. Three. She looked young in this to me. Just because I've seen her in so many things since. Well, uh, I'll say 40. I'll split the difference. Liam, you are on fire. Oh, jeez. She is 43. Boom. Um, <laughs> and then finally, I just did Anita as well, because, just because it's Zoe Deschanel. <sighs> 23. 24. I'm going over to 26. 20. Wow. So we hope hope everybody enjoyed the last time we'll ever play the age game. (laughs) 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 This makes me feel not good about myself. (laughs) So if I don't win, I'm taking my ball and going home. (laughs) Uh, uh, Now it's just, uh, we've got some critics, some critics, because this came in at 89% positive reviews. Oh, okay. So... I mean, everything, we, everything we do here is 85 plus generally yeah uh, so you know it qualifies and it's whatever but georgia you've got some reviews for us don't you i have yeah so i've got ao scott from the new york times said the movie's real pleasures are to be not found in its story but in its profusion of funny offbeat scenes it's the kind of picture that invites you to go back and save your favorite moments like choice cut album cuts mm. uh, yeah very much respect of the music there i think yep. that one was more the music is phenomenal um, yeah more for um uh, we actually did get a review in the rolling stone so peter travers wrote not since a hard day's night has a movie caught the thrumming exuberance of going where the music takes you okay um then we get one from marjorie bugarton um from austin chronicle says crow has created a genuine love genuine love song for all those who've ever felt their lives to have been saved by rock and roll and then we get last one from our good old friend roger ebert from the chicago sun times Ebs. he says yeah we love him he says oh what a lovely film i was almost hugging myself whilst i watched it funny and touching in so many different ways yeah yeah i mean i think uh, obviously those will be of the time and yeah. i think we've had a, a heightened sensitivity or awareness to, uh, to some factors 20 years ago did you say yeah, yeah well. so it would have been released in the u.s in 2000 over here 2001 yeah yeah um, and so uh, our critics it's a musical pod says um, I've never watched this one. Oh, you should <laughs> uh, looking forward to listening to your review to see if it's worth the watch I- I'm going to yeah, say I think it's, it's worth so the watch uh, yeah, Georgia yeah. you're probably going to say no I'm curious what, what Ellie thinks you said you appreciate it as a piece of film yeah so would you say it's worth the watch then yeah I okay. think uh, as just the once yeah yeah it's all the same yeah uh, Paul and Griff say this is an all-time classic. Best use of an Elton John song in any movie. I say he hasn't seen Nomeo and Juliet. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he says, I love the song Fever Dog 2. Uh, the airplane scene is jokes. You should check out the Stairway to Heaven deleted scene on YouTube. We're going to do that. And he would pay to see Stillwater in concert. I think you so said something about that. Yeah. Yeah, so would I. Uh, Lindy Ann, who we talked about at the start, yep. uh, said, um, join it in. So, well, thank you, Lindy Ann, for already yeah. going ahead and, and jumping in. Thank you. A reminder to us, all of us, that our musical heroes are just imperfect human beings at the end of the day. Amazing soundtrack. Yeah, agree. You see, this is why I'm a fan of Oasis, because there's no, there's no doubts there. I know they're flawed human beings. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith! Who said, I saw this for the first time a few weeks ago. So delighted you're covering it. I really liked William. He reminded me of myself at his age. Oh, yeah. I wish I had an experience like this. <laughs> I think I know which experience you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Penny Lane is a great character who was saved by William on more than one occasion. I also love the way he dealt with the Rolling Stone guys. But the dynamic between him and Nita and their mom is one of my favorite parts. Frances McDermott is brilliant as ever. The phone calls are so good. Fully agree. Yeah. So many funny scenes and excellent dialogue throughout. Don't take any drugs. 
And then finally, uh, the Breaking Bard pod, who say classic, also makes me miss and appreciate Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. And, and Debbie said she hasn't seen this. <laughs> but you, but, but Debbie, said keep up the good work, guys. Debbie, you should. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, uh, all that's left for us now to do is our rating. Ratings, where are we going to put this one? So, Liam, you are up. I really love this film. Um, there are very there are a lot of flaws to this film, but I do really as an overall film, I really do love this. So, I'm going to give it a strong nine Penny Lane tears Aww. for this movie. Yeah. All right, excellent, uh, Georgia. Um, I am adding its extra half point for Dwight Schrute, um, and therefore it is giving getting a uh, seven beats bears and Ga- Galstar Galactica from okay. me. It's much higher than I thought. Yeah, you were I, I, I was in my head. I was going. It's five and a half, and I was doing this. Oh, I thought five? it was going to be like three and a half. No, I didn't, I didn't think it was quite that. Georgia showed enough. She showed appreciation for elements of the film throughout. Yeah, yeah, so I went. Absolutely. It's not. It's not a three. I didn't think. But no, 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 no. I thought it was a five. So seven. I'll take that. Yeah, Ellie. Um, I'm going to give it a seven as well. Um, as I say, I think it's worth a watch once. I appreciate it as a bit of film. I wouldn't go back and watch it again, really. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it's such a weird film. I don't like Russell. I'm not even that big on William. And yet I found myself loving this scene, that scene, that scene, yeah, that yeah, scene, yeah. that scene. And so I'm giving it nine Stillwater encores yeah. out of ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it's I, weird for a character like Russell. It's supposed to be so important. But I went. But I think I went. I'm not supposed to. If I went, I don't like. I don't care if I'm supposed to or not. I don't like him. But the film doesn't require me to like him. Maybe no. it's like the conversation between Jeff and uh, Russell at the end of the movie. Who says we have to like each other? Exactly. Who says I have to like Russell? Um, and I that's think, not the only plot going on, though, is it? Yeah. yeah I, oh, there's so there's so many things going on, which I can maybe speaks exactly. to the fact that it is his life, and it's a whole bunch of yeah, interwoven yeah. things. There's yeah, so yeah. many relationships at play here. Agreed. So uh, even down to I don't think we mentioned it. I believe Jimmy Fallon's character quits the band when the plane's going down. I think oh, he says I quit. Oh, does he? Oh, I yeah, think he, he does. does. And so therefore the original manager gets his spot. So it's about loyalty and roots and yeah, knowing yeah, who yeah. you are and where you're going and not just the easy buck. And it's about not just coming apart but coming back together and realizing maybe it's not idealized. Maybe you guys will never be best friends. Yeah. That's okay. Go do something excellent together. So uh, I give it nine out of ten and really, really, really liked it. Same. So that just leaves us with what we are doing next week. Ooh, exciting. So next week is January 31st that we will record this on. Okay. Which means we're going to come out on February 2nd. Ooh. February 2nd is a very important day in the calendar. Pancake day? No. (laughs) (laughs) What was it? February 2nd is about seeing your shadow in six more weeks of spring. What? It might be a North American tradition. February 2nd is also known as Groundhog Day. Oh, okay. So we are going to be reviewing the Bill Murray classic. I've watched this recently. And we're going to be joined by a guest. Oh, cool. We have Tom from Pod Jerky who's going to join us for that. And we have the ability to go on. I think it was me and you, Liam, who went on the show. Yes, he's coming on next week and is very excited about it. He's he's, he's he's rewatching it. And so uh, he'll be joining us next week. So we'll have another guest on the table. And it's a shorter movie, which I'm looking forward to. And what he doesn't realize (laughs) is we've done this recording of Groundhog Day five times already. Five times. Just going to change a little bit. He's going to have to sort of join in. And we'll keep doing it until we get it right and we can get out of it. So that'll be next week. I've seen Groundhog Day. You've seen Groundhog oh, many Day. Times. George, have you seen Groundhog Day? I think you have. No, I haven't. Okay. That would be that would be me being it's wrong. It's one that I'm 
it's one that I've been interested in watching because I know a lot of references to it, but no, I've never seen it. And Ellie, you've seen Groundhog Day, I think. I have. Yes. I'm trying to remember. I don't think you liked it. Oh, I think it's great. Did I not? I have no idea. Well, I have an idea, I guess, but then you challenge it. I guess I'm I'm wrong. It's it's all right. Yeah. It's not going to go up there with my favorite films in the world. Well, let's not give away the the lead. Let's just go. (laughs) You know, I'm looking looking forward to it. I don't think you liked it. There we go. But then you went, oh, I don't know about that. I went, okay, good. We got some myriad. But it's not going to be up very high. Okay. <laughs> Let's leave something up to the uh, part where I go, ratings. But that is going to be that. So yeah, the number. <laughs> please join us. Well, maybe if we do it enough times, you'll, you'll, you'll get the right number and we can leave. <laughs> so please join us next week when we tackle the Bill Murray comedy classic Groundhog Day. Yeah. For best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. And I've been Georgia. And between next week, we've got Talking the Mickey with High School Musical. We've got a pilot show on WandaVision. We've got Groundhog Day. I guess what you could say, guys, is it's all happening. <laughs> we'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flap. So, please join us next week when we tackle the Bill Murray comedy classic, Groundhog Day. Yeah. For best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. Okay, we got to do that again. And I've been Georgia. We, I don't know what happened. There was a lag of like literally eight seconds between Liam and Ellie. Yeah. So, please join us next time when we tackle the Bill Murray classic Groundhog Day for best film ever. I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. And I've been Georgia. And there is still a massive lag. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'll just patch it together. Okay. And I'm in Georgia.